everybody, I'm the drunk phytologist, Dr. Rochelle Lapham, aka Phyto or DP, and I use the pronoun she, her. And I'm Ethan Lapham, uh, also known as Talkman363, and I use pronouns uh, he, him. And this is Natural 20. <laughs> Natural 20 is a podcast that discusses the lore, history, and biology of Dungeons and Dragons, creatures, and monsters. Natural 20 is also an adult podcast featuring adult language. You have been warned. Hey, everybody, we're back. Woohoo! We have a special guest today. Special? Yes. Okay. Hey. Well, I'm excited for you to be okay. here. <laughs> I, I'm excited to be here too, but I don't know if special is. <laughs> I don't know if special is the adjective we want to use, but we'll, let, let's okay, let's try it out and okay, give it a shot. What, is, what adjective would you prefer? No, no, I didn't Esteemed. say I had a. I did not say I had an alternative. <laughs> just, just that I was objecting to what was chosen. I don't like that, but I don't have anything better. But so I don't have anything better, it. so we're going to go with it. Yeah, exactly. Esteemed, honored guest. Oh, it's getting there. Okay, cool. All right, introduce yourself, please. Uh, I am action economist. I use he him. Cool. All right. What do you do? Or do you want to tell I, me? I'm doing it right now. All right. I'm doing it right now. That's fair. All right. So yeah, Action Economist, I mean, that's that's pretty much everywhere you can be found. It will be under that name, more mm-hmm. or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Christian. Nice and easy. To get us into this week's particular subject, we have a, an example from our own game, and I will let you take it away. Right. We, ju- we had just started the Small Folk Curse of Strahd game. Action plays in a game with me that I yes. run. Yes. That is where D and D, five E homebrew, which has been mentioned many times, as we also play as little small creatures, and I decided to take the Curse of Strahd adventure and reskin it this way. So instead, we have a vampire bat Strahd, <laughs> and what, what everything if, is miniaturized. What if critters but ghosts? Yeah. What if critters but ghosts? Yes, yeah. indeed. Spooky red wall. Spooky, Spooky Redwall. Red Spooky mm-hmm. Redwall. And so we started with that very first adventure, which yes. is through the Death House. Yes. Which, at the bottom of which, is the subject for today, a shambling mound. Mm-hmm. But we had run really long that session, because it took us a while. Yes. And so we finally got down there. Mm-hmm. And I forget exactly how it was we found out the name of the creature itself. It's because the ghosts in the house... That's right. The yep. ghosts in the house were, were chanting it, I think Yeah, it was. chanting it, right, doing something. And like the name is, like, sufficiently gothic and Yes, it's like... A lot. Yeah, like more, more gothic destroyer, yeah, right? something it's like very that. dramatic. And then we stopped playing, and then it was, like, two weeks, and yep. then we started up again, and I, for the life of me, could not remember the name of the creature. Like, yeah, I could, generic McBad guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. generic McBad guy. And, and I, I forgot, I even forgot, I think I even forgot it was a shambling mouth. Yes, you had no idea. It was right. like some big thingy move out. So, it, you know, my turn comes up in initiative and I'm like, all right, I'm going to hit Bob the Builder. <laughs> I was just like, okay. Uh, something the something. Good enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, there's a the in there, so that works. The evocative imagery of that, though, <laughs> you know... Just like, here's Bob the Builder with like some leaves glued, yeah, glued yeah, yeah. onto him. And he's like, you're like, why does Bob the Builder stink so much? <laughs> Bob the Builder was like rolled around in the dumpster outside a Hobby Lobby yeah, yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end of Christmas season. He, he like, ended up just... in a McDonald's parking lot. It just like in the, he's coated in, in used fry oil and everything. Used fry oil and then like rolled around in like a vegetable patch. 
Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. You don't want to go to Badrovia? Like, no. No, I don't, Bob. I really don't. Swamp Billy Bob the Builder. Too late now! Like, he, he's just out there pounding a wrench on an airboat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's like, oh, it's, it's, it's Shambling Mound via Florida Man. It's Bob yeah. the Builder Shambling Mound. Via Florida man, which of course Florida it, Shambler, Florida, Florida, Florida Shambler, which, which I mean, is just a dude. Which honestly, like it once we start like going into Shambling Mound, that's oddly appropriate is to call it Florida man. It's true, it's true, and it's it's even more on brand. And the two people here know this because how I run Curse of Strahd is it's in Florida. It's in Florida. <laughs> I want the environment is Florida. The the like Radler beer, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna call it like I want it made by a Florida brewery. And I wanted to name it the Florida Shambler. I mean, that actually probably would sell really well. Like a citrus beer. Yeah. But just, like, make it super hoppy and, and dank. It, and it works because, number one, it, it it's evocative of everything you just described. But it also sounds like it's the 11 o'clock news and someone said, he said they finally caught the Florida Shambler. He was hanging out in a 7-Eleven. Yeah, it's, it's the, the Super Bowl shuffle. Yeah, exactly. It's the new... Meth-addled Super Bowl shuffle. Yep. Mm-hmm. Seventy-two dolphins, but they've really let themselves go. You know, the Florida Shambles. Oh, so the seventy-two dolphins is what you're just right. Yeah, the seventy-two dolphins after dark. After dark. So yeah, that's, I mean that's that's kind of the intro, and and really shambling mounds in their history are. It is everything creature from the Black Lagoon gone yep. horrifically wrong, right? Like it is it is this thing rising from the swamps. It is unendingly moving forward and devouring. As I as I told them earlier, it's a walking swamp that doesn't understand personal space. Yeah. Is basically it. Mm-hmm. Shambling mounds are like, we don't understand social distancing. Nope. We just got out of the pool. Yep. And you're getting a hug. And it is the never-ending hug. Because if it gets a hold of you, its job is to eat you. Imagine a dark hug. Oh, it Back is the to dark darkest hugs. of hugs. Right. So kind of jumping into the history, I mean, art is very creature from the Black Lagoon in the, in the early days. Like, it is a humanoid figure. Shaped. Like, dra- you know, bipedal. Vaguely humanoid, though. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, it's like the basic format is there. Two legs, two arms, upright, but just... The first version, yeah. In, like, first edition, but, like, it's evil romaine lettuce. Yeah, Like, right. it got up out of the crisper drawer after so living there for a month. Right, organic. Your Caesar salad has gotten a little bit angry. The Shambling Mound is the ultimate vegan. Right? Yeah, like it has it has become that which it eats. Yeah, you it is you are what you eat for vegans. Right. It is a living salad. Right, Shambling Mounds are shamblers, and it talks about you know dismal marshes, or wet subterranean places. See now that that I don't understand. Wet that, subterranean. That would not work. Well, it's made out of leaves. Right. And I think we'll See, get you, there. you're going okay. where, where I'm going. Right. And, yeah. and you're right, but kind of. What's interesting is they don't give it much of an origin. Like, first edition tells you a lot about a lot of creatures. There's a, a decent chunk of lore for nearly everything. And yet the Shambling Mound is just like, it just is. Right. Right? Like, it's just a thing. The world was created, and then, there were, and then Shambling Mounds appeared. Right. Like, mm-hmm. low intelligence. It's neutral. It's large. But that's kind of it. Imagine right? the large plant. Yeah. The so large. attacking the large walking plant, clubbing with their limbs twice per round. If both attacks hit, the victim is entangled and will be suffocated in the creature's slime 
in two to eight rounds oh, unless the creature is killed. Too. Right. That's... Well, that's why I call it a walking swamp because like mm-hmm. it's like it's vegetation that is rotted and... to the point where like the fluid in it is just yeah. The it's... description of fetid. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely correct. Fetid, fetid is in there. Like it is, it is all of the stagnant water and vegetable mass. Right. Come to life. It's all the veggies you didn't eat as a kid, but they didn't feed starving kids in Africa. They became a living entity. Your compost bin has something to tell you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's here to tell you, Dave. I need stirred. Yeah. You know. So he gets up and walks around. The brain, such as it is, they call it a brain here. We'll get back to that. Okay. But the, the, I'm already the, angry. The cortex right. of the being mm-hmm. is okay. located in its mid-portion. Okay. And thick fibrous layers make it difficult to penetrate to its only vital area. So it sounds like it's a coconut. Yeah, it's like, here's this... this. Does it have a lime inside, though? It could. It could. You put the lime in the coconut, and you walk it all up. Yep. That's what it's doing. It's walking it all up. So, in fact, most hits do little damage. Right. As it is wet and slimy... Fire has no effect. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Lightning causes it to grow, and cold does either one half or no damage to its vegetable constitution. Explain that, scientist. Uh, all I, weapons. No, no, no. It gets better because all weapons only score one half damage. That I could. I, it yeah. can flatten itself so that crushing has small effect. Okay. However, mm-hmm. spells which affect plants are effective, such as plant sure. control or charm plant. So first of Where all, let's, charm yeah, yeah let's talk for a second about the fact that first edition had a charm plant, plant spell, spell, and I want it back. That now. meant that meant that charming a plant was enough of an issue that some wizard out there said, "You know what? We need a plant to char- we need a spell to charm these plants." They gave up on gardening through normal means. Yeah, like, now it's just if you could not, that'd be great. Like, can just, you, just a little over there, a little off the top. Can we get? Can we gas the, gaslight these plants into a garden, please? Yeah, like, listen, why cut a topiary when you can just convince the plant yeah, to yeah. grow into the shape of a human? But the thing is, if it's charm plant, then that, that, that seems to make it that, that there are lots of aggressive plants out there. Which, turns out, there are. Yeah. <laughs> that, that becomes a, an oddly running theme, because all additions, hence, are like charm person, charm monster. Right. Hold person, hold monster. I haven't looked lately, but I'm assuming if there's a charm plant, there's probably a hold plant. Right. It probably equally applies for well, like, hey, they said control stay plant, over the head. Right. There is control yeah, plant. Plant which control. I would plant control. Maybe that is whole plant. Maybe that would be whole plant. Yeah. Tenderly. So Although it's right. also it's 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 not limited to just holding. It's also, I'm holding you, but I could also just tell you to go over there. You know. Yeah. So. And so that's um, like that. That's the ec- ecological given nature. But they give the description, appearing as a heap of rotting vegetation. Mm-hmm. The shambler is actually an intelligent form of vegetable life generally from six to nine feet in height, with a girth of about six feet at its base and two feet at its summit. It's a wide boy. So mm-hmm. imagine just a Christmas tree of angry rotting salad, which is girth of six feet. Why girth? Why was that the chosen term? I don't know why. It's, it's unsettling. It is unsettling. Well, especially given the, the, the relative shape of the thing. Yeah, just a mound of right, a girthy it mound. Is, well, a gir- yeah, it, it's, it's, it's called a, a shambling mound. Right. I mean, you really so. don't have to be Fellini to figure out what's going on here a little bit. <laughs> but like, it has you know no psionic ability, no attack or defensive modes. Like it's right. just coming for you, and it wants to to attack you and eat you. Like, right. That's, that's its whole game plan, and that honestly remains primarily it's consistent unchanged. throughout every edition because like. 
that's that's a simple enough concept that why would you need to addendum well, yeah, or, or if add it's to not, it? If that's broke, if it's not broke, you know. So you don't know, fix we, we it. jump forward. We go to fifth. Or sorry, three point five. There's a five in there. Let's get in there. Sure. So here, instead of electricity, like lightning, causing it to heal, it's just immune to it. Right. Yes, which I think is the same as fit. Or maybe not. We have no. to check, check it. I remember the Which, magazine. again, like, that makes sense because, man, every tree I've ever seen that gets hit with lightning is just like, whatever. Oh, yeah, it totally was fine. Uh, low light vision. Plant traits, which it gives as a special quality. I mean... First I mean, of all, vision at all. No, that's the thing. Plants can see. Really? Oh, yes. Oh, well, well now we, we get we, into the science. We, we, got, we got a whole thing. Yeah, we'll get into the science. Whole thing. So the, and the other thing, too, you have to think about with 3.5 and, and 3rd edition, they just switched to low light and, and dark vision. Getting away from the original, like, in 1st edition, you had dark vision, but you also had ultravision and infravision. Right. In which you had, like, ultraviolet spectrum and right. infravision being heat. Yeah, plants are absolutely heat sensing. Yeah, that that, is, that yeah that absolutely. So makes sense. low light vision being kind of that like okay, heat yeah. vision. I can see. Kind I can track. Okay, I can see that then. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, plants absolutely can see. Like they're photosensitive right. at a bare minimum. Well, what is, is vision? I mean, actually, think about it. Yeah, that's true. A sunflower. I can see, I can a, s- a sunflower. Why is it called a sunflower? Right. Yeah, because it points towards the sun. How would it do that if it right. couldn't see? Right. Right. <laughs> I guess I'm saying. I guess I. I guess I was thinking sen- uh, sight in the sense that I understand it, you know, through my eyeballs. Right. Yeah. Like, Versus it's, it's seeing you coming up. What do your plant eyes see? What do, what your, do your plant, plant eyes, eyes see? Damn you. Thinking of it as an organ. But the thing is, is like, seeing is just perceiving. What do your plant like, eyes see, like, Bob the Builder? Yeah, the thing is, is like, see, like, <laughs> sight is just perceiving light. That's all it is. At its yeah. most base level. And so the thing is, like, bacteria do that, plants do that. Like, a horseshoe crab has crab. little eye spots, right. which are rudimentary eyes, but it's basically, it's like intel. It is light or it is dark. So what you're saying is that a shambling mountain would eventually evolve into a crab, is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> well, how did we get there so quickly? Call back. <laughs> how did we get here so quickly? So 3-5, again, they give you immunity, and instead of giving you health, so they're immune, like they take no damage from electricity, but an electrical attack, so shocking grass, lightning bolt, chain right. lightning, like all those kind of classics, grants it temporary 1d4 points of constitution. So it doesn't necessarily get bigger, it just gets hardier. It gains cons, so it just right. straight up gains max health. Right. Which it sheds at the rate of one per hour. Well, it is a continuously moving force, so in theory, you shock it, you you haven't necessarily healed it, but you have gained its capability to heal. Yeah. It's that much tougher to deal with. But they give you, again, that brain and sensory organs located in the upper body. It is almost totally silent and invisible in its natural surroundings lying partially submerged in a shallow bog, waiting for a creature to walk into it. They move as easily through water as they do on land, Mm -hmm. and sneak into camps of unsuspecting travelers at night. Adventurers tell stories of shamblers moving about during intense electrical storms without so much as flinching from direct lightning strikes. Here they give a larger size, they say an 8-foot girth, 6 feet tall, and weighing 3,800 pounds. Nice. Now... Commonly, when we run into a very specific number, it ends up comically wrong. Because for some reason, it seems like a lot of times the math given to monsters is not thought out. They're just like, pick a big number. Whatever sounds good. Are you saying they're just they're just making this up as they go along? Is this some kind of game? I'm, su- I'm so surprised. That they don't have consultants on all of these uh, kinds of things? So, like, you know, you get things like, oh, owlbears weigh four tons. And you're going, how? 
Yeah. Like, it, it shouldn't be able to walk. Well, it, like I was saying earlier, like, that makes it basically a liger. How could it possibly hunt enough food yeah, to survive? Yeah, could it actually survive? It's too big. It's, it's so just, big. There's a, re- big. there's a reason that it's like certain things over time got smaller, right? right. You know, because of, of food available. Because that works. So I don't know if they did work. it on purpose. I don't know if they did this on purpose or if they just happened to get lucky this time. Because assuming the conical shape that they sort of give, right? Like, a, mm-hmm. this far at the base, this high. Yeah. Taking that eight foot girth, so four foot radius, six foot high, we did the math, you know, thanks to the power of the internet, because I don't feel like doing the volume of a cone formula of one third yeah. pi a squared h. So you take that 3,800 pounds over a rough volume of 402 cubic feet. It gives you 9.453 pounds per cubic foot. I don't feel like doing the metric conversion. Sure. Sorry. But that gives us, based on omnidensitycalculator.com a density between styrofoam and titanium so it will float in fresh water which makes sense because yeah. like being a swamp hunter it oddly works out also but, but, wood but that's floats the thing is because like because the density, density it, you know credit where credits due the 3.5 designers somebody did either that. they well they either got really lucky in that particular instance or they actually did the math yeah, somebody mm-hmm. sat down and were like how do we get it worth like it sounds impressively big, right? But it actually is like kind of accurate. Yeah. Because I mean, like, did somebody look up density of plants and like plug in I numbers mean, to make it work? Well, and then, like but then again, too. like you're making the motion of typing, but right. like when it was designed, that wasn't going to help you at all because the internet didn't have that information. It was like 1997. Right. Yeah. Right. So someone had someone had to go down to these things called libraries. What are or, those? Or the, these uh, these people called mathematicians yeah. and like, hey, let's figure this out. They're like, meanwhile, in the Encyclopedia Britannica, yeah. as is tradition, 4th edition doesn't give us a lot. There's just not a ton of lore. It's a very, like, stat block heavy I will say system. that the art in 4th edition is the basically... The art is very good. So It's also the, basically the same as the 5th edition art. Right, it, which is something I had commented yes. on before. Yeah, in fact, almost, I think it literally it's is. It's like identical. I th- yeah, it's the same image, more or less. There's more been or less. some... Nope. Nope, that's the literal same image. It's See? the same uh-huh. image. It's okay. been cropped. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what they've given, instead of the like human bipedal, so like 3-5, they call it barrel-shaped. It's very sort of just yeah. amorphous. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of pushing along on these limbs. Fourth edition and ergo fifth, it's basically an owlbear made of plants. Like it's but got it's, big it's... rock-like projections like teeth. And it's like got a big paw up. But it's not consuming with the mouth. It's consuming through, like, the shoulder. Like, there's a halfling yeah. just buried in this thing. Right. Being consumed by tendrils. And and, and I, I'll comment that the look of it, it looks like it's barely holding together. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Like, the shambling mound... This, there's a lot of this, loose Yeah, it's very loose. And... The artwork is uh, evocative of, like, I am barely making this work, you know? <laughs> So it, it gives us that it, it catches prey with its thick rope-like arms and trapping it in the mucky mass of its body where countless rootlets bore into the victim. Wow, they, they didn't describe much, but they managed to describe it, how... In that time, it's a very visceral response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this thing, like, it's not just eating you. It's very plant-like. It's just like, this is something that will give me nutrients, and the only way I know to get root nutrients is just shoving roots just into shove it. shove right in there. Yeah. And so, you know, it's again, it's roaming swamps and marshes, commonly envelops prey, 
Well, and it makes sense. It's a it's a carnivorous plant, and then we'll get into the science right. later and right. some of discussions we had earlier today. But they yeah. do give a suggestion. So with with your lore, they always give you like a you know here's a if you give a successful nature check of X D C. Shambling mounds are healed by lightning, and storm range shamblers will are shambling mound variants which store electricity in their bodies and discharge it through tendrils. Oh wow! So they give you an alternative that you have the normal shambling mound, which they consider a level nine challenge. Of a, of a brute, and your your brutes in fourth edition are your big like heavy hitters. They're tanks. Like yeah. they're just gonna sit there. Yeah. Take the punishment. Right. It's got 120 HP at level nine. I, I just like the fact that there is in each edition so far there has been some kind of way, and it's never the same. But there's always some way in which the shambling mound says, "I don't sweat your lightning." Yeah. So here, and so instead, you know, it just in, flex in, on you. I'm just yeah. First edition, it just said. I gain an extra hit die. I right. gain back health. Yeah. yeah. Third edition was like, hey, I don't gain health directly, but I just get that much tougher. Right. Because, you know, con is going to be like your fortitude saves and your... This one, I figured out how to be a battery. <laughs> this I one, am a well, battery. It regains 10 hit points at will anytime it's hit by a lightning attack. Right. So if the lightning keyword was in there, it just gains 10 hit points. Right. Back. Yeah. Just Regardless strip. of how much damage you do, 10 hit points. Right. So you could overwhelm it with lightning, but you'd have to be just constantly right. pounding it with lightning to get away right. with it. The Storm Rage version is now a level 11, and it's a controller type. So it's your, like, I'm taking out an area and controlling the battlefield. Yeah. So you go from just, like, here's a couple attacks, and, like, it can pull you in, and it deals damage. So you take 10 damage, and it regains 10 hit points. This Shambling Mound could take in two creatures at a time. Oh, so wow. it is a party threat. Like right. it's not a one-on-one. Like right. if we get our buddy out, we're fine. Like focus fire, it's done. I will say it can pick up two of your buddies and just envelop. Right. When I used this shambling mound with our with our original party, I will say that our our heaviest hitter, who happened to be a storm sorcerer, felt it was very rude. Oh sure, I yeah. That, oh, with, I just like, thought the, of that. that oh the my heavy, goodness. That the heaviest hitter in the party. <laughs> Oh and my this gosh. monster, which was like, just screw you in particular. <laughs> so their, their Storm Rage version, it does not do the enveloping. It relies on just dishing out the lightning. It becomes yeah. a battery. Right, yeah. But in doing so, so it has 230 hit points, and it has an aura that all enemies within two squares of it, so within 10 feet, enemies which enter or start their turn are taking five lightning damage. There's it's, no it's saves. It's just discharging no, all over the place. just take it. Its tendrils are doing the same amount of damage, but you add an additional D8, and when bloodied, so when below half health, it deals an additional five lightning damage. So, so now ten. So the more you're hitting it, the more it's... So it's yeah. dealing out one D8 plus five right. straight damage, and one D8 lightning damage, plus five if it's below half health. So wow. it's dealing out two D8 plus ten damage yeah. round after round. Round after round. To everybody it, around it. And it has multi-attack. It's attacking twice. Right. So it's just slamming you with damage. It also has a Kill lightning... It, quick. it has a lightning blast ability. So a close blast three. So everything in a like cone in front of it within 15 feet, basically it's a breath weapon. Right. It gets a yeah. lightning breath weapon of 3d8 plus six. And half damage on a miss. That's nasty. And then if you hit it with lightning... It regains 10 hit points. However, it can't attack itself to heal. They at least thought of that trick of like, it's just like, okay, hold my hand Cause up. Because you, you know there's some DM out there that's just, just going to be a dick. So there, there's the, a way to take that lightning and like just literally turn it up to 11. Yeah. And like just hammer things with lightning. 
you give up the capability to gelatinous cube and just right, right. You know, you're not sucking up your enemies. Now you're just discharging you're electricity just all over the place, beating them with lightning. Yeah, that'll bring us up to fifth edition. Time to get angry. That's right. Oh, are we ready? Okay, yeah. so uh, uh, most people who listen to the podcast, but you should know, is that I am a plant re- wizard in real life, and they're kind of my jam. Here we go. Here we're doing so, it. So we'll start with a stat block. Okay. Large plant, unaligned. That's it just is. It's sure. a force of nature. It has no objective other than eat. I will say mo- most of the plants I've worked with don't really have. Um, they don't have a strong moral. No, uh, not really. Moral, they're not. They're not. They no don't have like theology there, yeah. degrees yeah. and uh, philosophy degrees much. So an armor class of 15, just natural armor. Yes. So that goes back to it's fairly tough. Mm-hmm. That has carried through, like, first edition, it's armor class of zero. Like, that yeah. was pretty damn high armor in those days. Right. Just with how the system worked. Mm-hmm. 136 hit points. Okay. So 16 D10 plus 48. So it's a D10. So we're talking, like, a fighter-type glass. Sure. Mm-hmm. 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 Speed of 20 feet. Mm-hmm. Swim of 20 feet. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's a little slow. Like, you could outrun sure. it. But it is, a, much in the way humans are persistence hunters, shambling mounds are persistence hunters. They alternate between being a persistence hunter and an ambusher. Mm-hmm. They that sounds about right. both niches. Well, so and now, if we go to plants which are carnivorous, they are ambush hunters, right. if we want to say it that way. Hmm. I, and, and actually, I was going to go further. With the swim speed, and I know we're not at the point yet where we're talking about how do you use this, but like... You're describing that. That sounds like a crocodile made out of plants. Yeah. Yeah. Is what it is. In a lot of ways. Because the only thing, I would argue the only thing worse than a creature that's grappling you is a creature that's grappling you and then trying to drown you. So 18 strength. It's strong boy. Yeah. It's a strong boy. Eight dex. So like it's just going to eat dex save. Sure. Yeah. All your dex based abilities go nuts. Right. Sort of. We'll get to that. Yeah. Con of 16. Very tough. Sure. Plants are hardy. That fits. Mm -hmm. Five intelligence. It's not not a lot of book learning. Right. But it does have a 10 wisdom. Okay. So, like, average human wisdom. Sure. Instinctual. And I would argue Which that... Which, for instincts, is, is high. Yeah. Like, a lot of your instinctive creatures are low on the... Even mm-hmm. whiz. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you, an 8 is pretty decent for most beasts. Mm-hmm. It's a 10. I, I would argue that wisdom is a, is a better indicator of, like, sapience... Yeah. ...than intellect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, it's very much like it knows... How to hide itself. It knows where to wait for prey. Right, right. Like, a shambling mound would find an animal trail and just wait on it. Right, exactly. Like, another hunter would be like, I don't smell anything here. Like, a wolf would be like, nothing here, keep moving. And the shambling mound's like, there's enough traffic here to make a path. I will wait. Right. I've got nothing but time. And a five charisma. Which, sure. like, you're not intimidating, but it, it, there's, there's no charm. It's... A big mass of rotten plant. It's not gonna sing "Hello Dolly" for you. There's the twist, right? And if it and if it did, you probably wouldn't want it. If it gets up singing, putting on the Ritz, yeah. I mean, I'm all like, that's my new friend. Right. Yeah. I will die happy. So and yeah, so it it can't figure out the area under the curve, or recite Newton's Principia, but it knows where it knows where to go to find food. It knows every golden corral in yep. a fifty mile radius. Yep. Absolutely. So skills. It gets a bonus to stealth, plus two. Damage resistance, cold and fire. Mm-hmm. Damage immunity to lightning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Conditioned immunities. Cannot be blinded, cannot sure. be deafened. Sure. Immune to exhaustion. Okay. That I understand. That makes sense. It makes total sense, but I cannot, like, I don't know the whole thing front to back. Other than, like, constructs, there are not a lot of things that are immune to exhaustion. True. Yeah, no, that's true. 
Like, uh, Shield Guardian is right here. It, it is. Right, yeah. And like, golems. But it's other than, like, it's mechanized things... It's typically constructs that are immune to exhaustion. And it's immune. Right. Which is interesting beca- because there's not a lot of effects in 5e that even cause exhaustion. But where that can be useful, and again, it's kind of jumping the gun, but, but where that's useful is your party has to sleep. Yeah, whereas it doesn't. It doesn't, doesn't. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, again, back to that, it is a persistence hunter. Right. It will just keep coming. So it's not just just the plant-based crocodile, it's the plant-based crocodile that just doesn't stop chasing you. Which is where, this is, is, we're sort of getting into, like, slasher movie territory, because it moves 20 feet around, so... It's going. It's that Mike Myers just. It's like a it's a Mike Myers plot. It's it, he knows eventually he's gonna get to you. Yeah. You know. Time isn't a factor. A- and he it knows that coming. you have to sleep, and he does it. Yep. Senses blind sight out to sixty feet. Right. I do like that. But it is blind beyond that radius. Okay. Yes. That actually makes perfect sense. Passive perception of ten fits with the wisdom. Sure. No languages. Yeah. Challenge Good. of five. Here's where we get into the fun parts. Lightning absorption. So it's not just immune to lightning. Whenever the Shambling Mound is subjected to lightning damage, it takes no damage and regains hit points equal to the lightning damage dealt. This is the reason this he is, was very upset. This is where he so was upset. It's, it's yeah. not 4 where it's like it this gets This is why 10. it was like, screw you in particular. Right. So it's like, you know, in 4 you could still get through it with lightning. It's going to be slow. Right. But if you're doing 18, 20 damage around, it's only healing back 10 of that. Not in 5e. 5e, it's just it absorbing all of it. It's that damage and heals. Right. You are helping the enemy when you, you are, hit it with yeah. electricity. Which is the worst. It's not just like, oh, I, I didn't do any damage. I No, I negated the other three party members because I hit it with lightning yeah. bolt like yeah. a dick. Yeah. Because it's going to blow the deck save. It has a dex of eight. Yeah. It, it wants to be hit by lightning. And it's resistant to cold and fire. That's a lot of your deck spells. Your cone of colds, your yep. fireballs, your lightning bolts, yep. your call lightnings. It's just eating it. It doesn't care. And it's still coming. This 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 is this is a, a creature that you want to throw necromancy at. Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. what that's what you want to do with and this you creature. Just wanna... If you have a necromancer in your party, well then the shabbling mound is kind of fucked because you don't want to get close either. Yep, that's the thing. They brought back the engulfing. Yep, mm-hmm. it was gone with lightning with the storm rage version. Right, but the regular version had it. The fifth edition still got it. Right, it gets multi attacks. So it's got two slam attacks. Yeah. And again, we're going back to first edition. If both attacks hit a medium or smaller target, which is all player races, which is everybody, yeah. including centaurs for some reason. We, different subject. Different subject, different <laughs> We're not going there. We're not going there right the now. The target is grappled, escape DC of 14, and the mound uses engulf on it. So the slams are already a 5-foot reach, 2d8 plus 4 damage. Yeah. So it's a heavy hitter. For a challenge rating 5, 2d8 is pretty stiff at 5th level. Like two D eight is taking out a good chunk of your health today. This is this is a tangent, but and it's getting two of them. Sometimes the challenge ratings in fifth edition, there's a bit of a variance. Like there are other challenge rating five creatures that are not this bad. No, are not but that tough. Mm-hmm. This thing is bad because they are solitary. They yeah, are no, meant that's to true. Be a, a one they're not, so they're they're not part of a group, yeah. But you're focus firing that 136 hit points. Yeah, it's like true. if you come across two of them, you are in the wrong swamp. Yeah. This is this is Shrek made of plants. Right. Get yeah. out of my swamp. Get the hell out. Uh, engulf targets are blinded, restrained, unable to breathe, mm-hmm. and must succeed on the con saving throw at the start of each of the mound's turns or take 2d8 plus 4 bludgeoning damage. Because they're being crushed. 
Right. If the mound moves, the engulfed target moves with it. Right. But we're back to only one creature. So fourth edition, you could grab two. Here it's one. Yeah. But again, you're the barbarian. You're, you're the, the, the tank for the party. Yeah. You chose poorly because this thing wants you close because it wants to give you the ultimate hug. And the, and, and the, the full body drowning hug. And the thing that you normally have when you're dealing with creatures that swallow you in some case. Like, there's a lot of other creatures that will swallow you and then, like, okay, you're you're in a bad place, but you could still work your way out of that. Yeah, there's you a, can't there's do a that escape here. check. Yeah, yeah, there's some kind of way of getting yourself out of here. You really can't do that with this. Yeah. Because if you're restrained and you're blinded... Like and unable to read, which means now the con read. timer started. The con timer has started and you're taking which is damage... What, like, 30 seconds yeah. plus something. If I remember correctly, uh, what is it under there of, for the engulf is that you, I think you can... So there's an escape DC for the initial grapple. Right. But the engulf doesn't have an escape. No. Because it's not, it's not operating under the same thing as like a mammal. Like usually, or not a mammal, I should say like most creatures would have a stomach or whatever. Mm-hmm. The the no. assumption is there's like a way out because like there's a tube. That's you're going doing out. you're doing enough enough damage to their internal organs. They're like, oh, it feels sick. This thing doesn't really have internal organs. And you're restrained. You're, you're, you're not doing anything. So you're not really doing anything anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's all like at the point where you're engulfed, it's up to the party to get you out before you die. Right. Yes. Exactly. Like the timer has started. If you if you fail the initial grapple escape, you're hosed. Like, it has you, and it, it either it goes down or you do. Basically, yeah. That's it. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, normally if you're down, like, other intelligent creatures are going to move on. Like, they're not typically, unless your DM is running a hard fantasy setting, you're not getting coup de grace when you're down. It doesn't let you go. When it's you hit zero, gonna, yeah, it it's not letting you go. consuming. Yeah. Right. That hard wall so until they kill is it. coming. Yeah, so, like, for example... That, that negative when half I, when, is not far away. When I right. did run this... With three characters and a buddy, one person got engulfed, right? And basically it was everyone else just kept healing them while they're stuck in this thing. You're right. healing your party member to keep them alive while one person keeps, keeps wailing, wailing on them right. because they couldn't get them out. That's just the stat block. We haven't even gotten to the fun part yet. Oh, goody. Right. So I'm going to run through this quickly. I'm going to kind of skim. We're still getting that like shambler nickname. Trudges ponderously. I love that image. Yeah. But it's just sort of... It's slowly not, It's not in a hurry. It's not going in a direction. It's just sort of there. Yeah. It's sort of around. Bleak swamps, dismal marshes, and rainforests consuming any organic matter in its path. Yes. It looms up half again as tall as a human, tapering into a faceless head, in quotations, mm-hmm. at its top. They are all consuming devourers, tirelessly consuming as it moves, devouring any animals that cannot escape. Only the Shambling Mound's rarity and plodding speed prevent them from overwhelming entire ecosystems. Even so, their presence leeches natural environments of plant and animal life, and an unsettling quiet pervades the swamps and woods haunted by these ever-hungry horrors. This is straight out of the monster manual. The, the, the ultimate invasive... The ultimate invasive it, species. But like yeah. you said, I mean, it's the horror slasher movie. Like, it's, right. the, it's too quiet. Yep. Yeah, exactly. There's your, like you went through hint, like you go into a dungeon and it's weirdly clean. Yeah. Gelatinous cube. cube. Yeah. Here yeah. it's like you go into the woods and everything's great and then it gets quiet. And something smells. Yeah, and there's there's yeah, that rotting vegetation smell. Yeah. 
unseen hunters, you know, they're composed of decaying leaves, vines, and roots. Rather than remain in place, sustaining themselves by absorbing nutrients from their surroundings as they wait for prey to come to them. So they rarely attempt to pursue and catch. It's mostly just, I'm going to be here, you'll trip into me, and then right. I'll you. Well, and that's back to the crocodile made of plants, where it's they yeah. usually, if they, if, if they make an attack, but they blow a particular ambush, they don't usually chase after them. They're like, right, oh, yeah. well. Yeah, because something else will come along. Yeah, so it's like, oh, well, I'll just wait again. Yeah, when a creature right. passes near or alights upon a shambling mound, the creature comes to life, seizing and absorbing unwary prey. So you could also, like, it could accidentally give itself away. Mm-hmm. Like, if you just want yeah. the atmosphere of it, have a bird land on it. Yeah. And there's that just whipping vines and, and the bird is gone. Yeah. Kind of moment of like, oh, yeah, we're not going in that particular, right. you know, hole. Of yeah, path. like that's that's something I would do. Like, oh, the, the party is too small, too low level to deal with this challenge five, you know, monstrosity. Oh, okay, we're not going over there because that bird just got just eviscerated by a vine. You come along, there's just a wolf leg sticking out of a heap of stuff, and that's yeah. it. You know, it's like it. it's working on it. But that, but getting back to the thing that you were talking about with crocodiles, like that's what makes it so horrific. Like, imagine it was a crocodile that did have that level of perseverance of mm-hmm. like it's still coming. I'm not doing anything else, and I can keep going for for forever. It's so true. I'm just gonna chase you now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you know, you camp a little too close. Yeah, it starts to chase you, and it's just like you know, I haven't eaten in a while, and that's a lot of food from one place. In one place. So awfully that's convenient big food. I'm just going to keep going. So you know, it wakes them up in the middle of the night, so they're not getting their long rest, not yep. getting that eight. And, okay, fine, we outran it. We got our 30 movement speed. We're, right. we're out ahead of it. It's gone. We're fine. You set up camp again. An hour and a half later, you're just about to sleep, and you just smell it, and you, like, the creaking, shambling oh, mass. Oh, I just thought of something awful. Coming into camp. Right? Imagine if your party is... High enough level that somebody in the party can cast the tiny hut. Mm-hmm. So you cast the tiny. You see where I'm going with this. You cast the tiny hut, and then oh, okay, let's everybody go to sleep. You go to sleep. Meanwhile, the shambling mound. You can't get into the hut, but it knows you're there, and it just starts climbing up over. And you go to come out of the hut. Because here's the thing. There's no warning. Typically, the way people run uh, uh, tiny huts, there's no warning. Eight hours. It pops. It's gone. Mm-hmm. And whatever's outside is there. So... It'll just, just wait. It'll just wait, and then the hut pops, and then just... Bump. Yep. <laughs> falls right on everybody. Here's, what, 3,800 pounds? So here's four American standard tons. Yeah. Here's, here's two tons of plant. A plant falling on top of you, trying to <laughs> trying to eat you. Mm-hmm. A rhino has taken a nap, and its stomach opens. Yeah. To engulf you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you're dealing with. That's horror. That if you're if you're a ter- if you're a DM that really wants to kill your party, there's how you do it. Yeah, the ceiling is a mouth. The literally, is a mouth. the ceiling is a mouth. The, the hut pops. The the five people are suddenly underneath two tons of mouth. Yep, it's all mouth. All, it's all, all mouth. So here's where you're gonna be angry. Prepare yourself. We finally have an origin story. So, sorry, I'm, I'm over here. I'm over here, um, smiling at my at my two players and saying nothing. No, I don't. <laughs> a shambling mound results from a phenomenon in which lightning or fey magic invigorates an otherwise ordinary swamp plant. As the plant is reborn into its second life, it chokes the life from plants and animals around it, mulching their corpses in a heap around its roots. Those roots eventually give up their reliance on soil directing the Shambling Mound to seek out new sources of food. Fairies did it! 
So it's literally just spontaneously brought into life by magic. Not even a wizard. There's no conscious effort. Right. The plant just wakes up one day and says, you know what would be great? Murder. Murder. Just endless, endless slaughter. I mean... <laughs> I told you it's better this, than a wizard, wizard did. And this, and, this, and this is the reaction that we expected. Or, or better yet, you just, hey, this plant got struck by lightning and it lived. And now it wants to murder. And now it wants to murder. <laughs> what I love is that that origin still doesn't, like... It gives an explanation for why... They occur. Why, well, no, what I was going to say is why it has this affinity for lightning. Yeah, for lack but of But it doesn't explain why lightning has that effect in the first place. No. It's just like, what? It's just, it's invigorated. Like, can, can you imagine if we lived in a world where every tree that got hit by lightning just, got up just and turned eating. into, you know, Mike Myers? Yeah. Everyone, I'm in physical plant, pain plant right now. Fat Albers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, no, no, no. <laughs> Everyone, I'm in physical pain right now. I'm so, right. That's yeah. just, so, let's make it worse. Yeah. Oh, a, God, oh, I'm more. upset. The weed that walks. That's the term they give it. How dare. The weed that walks. The okay. instinct that drives a shambling mound is its central root stem, buried somewhere inside its ponderous form. The rest of the shambler consists of the rotting heap which it simultaneously accumulates and feeds on, which protects the root stem and animates to smash and smother the life of any creature. Its dense mass shrugs off the effects of cold and fire. Okay. Lightning reinvigorates the root stem, strengthening the shambling mound and bolstering its consumptive drive. Despite its monstrous form, the shambling mound is a living plant which requires air and nourishment. Mm -hmm. Although it does not sleep the way an animal does, it can lie dormant for days on end before rising to hunt for food. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's So it's fine. invigorated by lightning. So here's the next piece of the horror movie. Right. You're camped out in the woods. You're yeah. like already running from something. Maybe you already got a level of exhaustion. Yeah. And there's a thunderstorm. Oh, God, yeah. And it, not only is there like maybe, so it creates maybe a new one. But it also makes the one that's already there yeah. hungry. Yeah. Like it just it's invigorated to consume. Yeah. Gets better. <laughs> a resurgent menace. If a shambling mound faces defeat before an overwhelming foe, the root stem can feign death, collapsing the remains of its mound. If not subsequently killed, the root stem beds down in the shambler's remains to slowly regrow its full body and then once again sets out to consume all it can. In this way, shambling mound infestations, long thought destroyed, can recur time and time again. That I'm and, actually okay with. And this is where the slasher thing comes into play. It's Jason. Yeah, we we like, thought we killed him. We thought we killed him, but we didn't. And it's, you know, guess who's back, back again. Like, yeah, yeah. Just Eminem walking up into the right. you know, Slim Shady all up in your tent, coming to eat you. It's the real plant Shady. I'm here, I'm here to consume your vital fluids. It's going to grab you. It's going to bore into you. Yep. It's going to ceaselessly hunt you. But it's the jungle mulberry. Like, it is unkillable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. Because mulberry is another good example, you know, pulling you from Final Fantasy. you got it. Well, and mulberry trees no. exist in real life. Mul no, 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 I know, but I'm, okay. <laughs> yeah. Marlboro is what I meant. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I mean. But, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it, you think you've killed a mulberry, 
oh my god, are they hard to kill? Like, right. it, it takes heavy-duty, like, copper salts to put them down yeah. for good. Poison. Right. Like, straight-up poison. Straight-up poison. Mm-hmm. So what we have here, first of all, the two, the two phenomena that are interesting in this, one is a plant that moves, which is already interesting enough. Mm. Uh, okay, you can, you can enlighten us. <laughs> but then also... The plant, a plant that doesn't give a shit about lightning. Yeah. Yeah. Like or, that's the one or, that's like or cold, what? or cold, or fire. It's, it's <coughs> I mean, like because it's part like muck and slime and like mud. I can kind of it's understand just, the fly, the fire because it sounds very moist. Well, and on top, like some plants, that is their reproduction cycle. Like yeah. back to the Florida thing, like there are certain plants in fire-rich environments. So you know, Florida, California. Sure. Like where fire, Australia, adapted species. Fire is a normal part of their life cycle, right. but it's but they're so they're adaptations for it, and being particularly moist, like the Everglades catches on fire all the time. All the time, yeah. Like that's just normal, but eventually yeah. it burns out because it just it, there's too much moisture. It and, smothers the fire. And eventually. actually, regular burns, like most prairie species, are fire adapted, mm-hmm. and right. they want regular burns because then that allows new stuff to come up. Right. It also gets rid of excess dead stuff and yeah. invasive things too. Right. So really, fire for the shambling mound is just going to the spa. Yes. Right. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to burn off like it's the uh, really exfoliated. outer dry stuff uh-huh. and leave just the, the sleeker, slimmer. You reveal Shambling Mound's freshest light. Freshest light. Mm-hmm. Now the cold bit, the I mean, plants usually don't, but they go dormant. You see, the thing is, like, plants, it depends on the plant, okay? Because some it's not are... the cold puts it dormant. It just doesn't care. care. It just doesn't care. The thing yeah. is, is overall, plants are a lot more resistant than animals are when right. it comes to For cold. for that type of extreme yes, temperature, yeah. because of how their cells are put together and right. how things work. Because the thing is that, so dormancy, at least for things which aren't, things which are deciduous, right. is that... They will make basically their own version of antifreeze. Okay. All so right. within the roots, within the stem, is pulled in a lot of sugar. Right. Okay. The thing is, the more solutes, so salt, sugar, other other compounds inside water, will lower the freezing point. Mm-hmm. So if you lower the freezing point, also typically raises the boiling point. And raises the boiling point. Mm-hmm. That means that. Usually, it's 32 degrees Fahrenheit, 0 degrees Celsius, where you'd freeze. Yeah. Thing is, is that point drops right. the more other things you have in the water. Right. The reason for that is it prevents the water from forming crystalline structures. Mm-hmm. It can't become ice. It can't yeah, become sure. ice. It just, yeah. That's how plants which go into dormancy deal with it. They make their own antifreeze. Because everything, trees, grass, mm-hmm. all of it, it, when it sucks in all that sugar, it cannot be frozen. Yeah. It just lowers the boiling point so far. Right. It's freezing point. Yeah. But it is why in exceedingly cold environments, trees explode. Yes. Yeah. Because, the, yeah. Because, event, because they eventually they do freeze. Yeah. They eventually do freeze. And because water is... It's one of the few things It's one of the few liquids... Expands. Yeah. That yeah. because of how it makes a crystalline structure, when it actually becomes a solid, expands. And so trees can explode. Right. But they also... So, so there's no middle ground there. There's it's no nothing or explosion. explosion. Because what but it is, is it's, it's the tensile strength of the yeah, tree. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. It is trying to pull in, right? and the ice is trying to go out. out. Yeah, and eventually... Exactly. Somebody's going to win eventually, mm-hmm. yeah. In nature, water always wins. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Usually, usually the trees win but, in this scenario, but every now and then... Yes, every now and then, but it's, very, it's exceedingly rare. Because they, sure. they're fine outside right now, and it's what... Uh, green 
remember, you know, minus yeah. something, like minus 15 probably Fahrenheit. Yeah, right. It's cold. Yeah. It's very it's, cold. And they're fine. Yeah, right. They're absolutely fine. You know, where we're recording, we're surrounded. There's 50 trees yes. around us. Yeah. And so that is completely normal for them. And even, like, pine trees, evergreens, one of the reasons that, like, they are also more adapted to be able to deal with that kind of cold. The plants being cold resistant is actually not... Right. Isn't that, is actually not now, that swamp far plants, out. Mm, swamp plants? Swamp plants not as much, but... But not as much, but the thing is, is it's like they are They're still actually, far more resilient than we are. Yes. Yeah. They are far more resilient. And the thing is that also plants themselves, the reason that they stand upright is because of turgor pressure. We have our bones to help us right. be upright, but right? Right, right move around. A plant is a noodle. Yes. At the end of the day, a plant right. is a noodle. But the the noodle is full of water under intense pressure. Yeah. So each individual cell has a wall. And the turgor pressure of the water inside that cell pushes against those walls. And that's actually what allows it to be stiff. It's like an air mattress. Like a water but, balloon. Or like mm-hmm. a water balloon, right? Yeah. But it's pushed all the way and within a container. Yeah. yeah and take so, a tough work container fill up a water balloon inside it. That's right. a plant cell. That's a plant cell. Basically. Yeah. yeah. And so there is a little bit of, at the corners, because they're sort of rectangular, square most of the time. Now, not all plant cells are that sure. shape, but we won't get into that. Sure. Most There's are. Most, most are. are. Especially woody plants. Especially right. woody plants. There is what's called the apoplastic space, yeah. which is full of, basically, of pectin, which is kind of like what you use to put, like, jams or jellos and stuff mm-hmm. like that. <clears throat> the reason is that allows them to bend, Sure. So the thing is that that has more give in it. Right. And so when a plant wants to bend towards the light, for example, right. or move a particular direction, or or with or with the wind, so or as with not the to weather, break branches, right, and whatnot. is then they're not too brittle. Yeah. So this allows for some flexibility. It's pressure adjustment. But it adjusts pressure, so it will add more pressure on one side and decrease pressure on the other side to allow for the movement. Yeah. Or will just decrease pressure overall. Yes. So like when trees move in the wind, it's because they have released some of the pressure to allow themselves to bend and flex and not snap. Right. If and they were completely rigid, they just break off. They're yes. basically redirecting all of that energy mm-hmm. from the wind. Right. It, and in so the way that we you know, we flex a muscle through electrical signal, and when, when it's stiff, you know, it doesn't move very far. But if you let it go, it's very loose. It's loose, and yeah. Well, it's and the same thing with water pressure. Yes. Right. But the thing is, that also is done through calcium signaling, which mm-hmm. is how our nerves work. Yeah. So the thing is, is instead we have calcium and sodium channels, mm-hmm. which open and shunt down, up and down our nerves. With plants, it's just calcium, right? And it's a wave. Sure. And it's a wave that goes all the way down the cells and all the way up. And so there's actually very, ways... Very, very quickly. Very quickly. Plants have touch response. If you take like a needle, they had basically had a fluorescent, like a fluorescent protein marker that would allow them to visualize the calcium. Is they, would, is they had a video where you basically touch the plant with the needle and you could see the calcium burst yeah. gather as it was sensing that needle. And you saw this wave go out through the whole plant. From just touching the leaf. Like just just one leaf. Almost like ripples on a pond. And so that goes through all of the different cells. So when we were talking earlier about them having blind sense. That's very realistic. It's very realistic because plants sense vibration. That sensory input is coming from everywhere. And everything everything can pick it up. And it's the entire plant. 
yeah. what you see and what you don't see. What right. you see yeah, and what you don't. the roots. Vibration through roots yeah. is very much a portion mm-hmm. of plant sensing. So there is an excellent book, and anyone who's interested in just sort of like figuring out like how plants work uh, on just in general, sure. right? And it's a very great read by Dr. Daniel Kamovitz called... Well, Mm-hmm. Why are plants? No, it's it, it's what a plant knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like nine bucks on Amazon. Sure, it itty bitty, but it just talks about just the general sort of the how plants see. Yeah. So the thing is, they perceive light and dark. They perceive intensity of light and dark. They can also perceive how long it's light or dark because that will also tell them what time of year it is. If it's time to flower, if it's time to set seed, if it's time to go dormant, all those and other they things. Perceive, in a way, they perceive certain colors. Yes, they red, do. Red and blue light. Red and blue light. In the visible spectrum are, sure. you, like plants will know because they have two different photosystems. They have two different photosystems, yep. So there one are two that deals with blue light, one that deals with red, red light. light. Right. And yeah. there is some evidence for figure it, is that how they know either the time of day or the time of year is how much of the different kinds right. of light. How that much they of get. that light is in is around them. Right. Sure. And how they're Summertime, capturing. Summertime, heavy blue light. But, you know, sun directly overhead, pounding down. You know, more of the blue system is mm-hmm. going to be active. We get towards sunset. That red shift. And so, so if the red shift happens earlier. Hey, right. it's, it's winter. winter. And yeah. so there are some plants which also regulate how, when they do photosynthesis and when they do respiration, which is burning. Me- respiration or metabolism is like burning food. Yep. And so some so overnight they it, have to respire. Yes. So to some energy. some plants do both at the same time, photosynthesis and respiration. Yeah. Some, depending on if they live in arid places or whatever, when you're doing photosynthesis, you don't have to breathe. You're generating energy purely generating internally. Energy. Yeah. Exactly. You're breathing it. In a, you're doing it internally, and you release like oxygen. And they use some of that oxygen for defense. Yes, and they use some of that oxygen for defense, but then they also use that oxygen for the respiration part, yeah. like we do, where we breathe in oxygen and then we release carbon dioxide. We respirate. And we respirate. Yeah. And so the thing is, is, pl- is certain types of plants have temporal regulation where they do all their respiring at night when they live in a desert area because since they have to breathe and they have to open up their stomata and their leaves to breathe, right. water vapor gets released. Right. So they and want to do that at night, night. when, when they're not going to lose as much. When it's not right. going to lose as because much. Because they need the water to be upright and yep. move and Now, that those are called CAM plants which start it's like C it's capital C A M right and I can't quite remember what that stands for. And then there are ones which are called C4 plants which I'm hoping I'm not mixing these up, but they they do it, they separate those processes physically mm-hmm. so that there are, there's a layer of cells that does all the photosynthesis on the top of the leaf, right? And then there's a different layer of cells that does all the respiration in a different part, right? So then they don't lose water vapor. Yeah. So like in our shambling mound sort of example, and I'm sorry, I digressed, is that because it's green, it's still doing some photosynthesis. But this means, and it's obviously a carnivorous plant. Mm-hmm. Most carnivorous plants do photosynthesize too. Okay. There are actually very few of them that don't. There are some plants which have no chlorophyll at all. They're not green at all that are usually parasitic. Mm-hmm. 
and they're completely parasitic because they're usually parasitic on other plants. On other plants. See, or striga, broom rape. Yeah, broom. Oh, there's so many. Some mistletoes. Mistletoe. Mistletoe still photosynthesize some. It is a hemiparasite. The many terrible boyfriends of the natural world. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And like, Purely parasitic. Yes. And, and often white. And often white. Yeah. Daughters aren't um, pine saps, but and then there are some which are indirectly parasitic on other plants because they are parasites of the fungus oh, right. sure. that are symbiotic to other plants. Right. And so But with carnivorous plants they're usually after they're usually in nitrogen no, it's nitrogen low poor. environments. Nitrogen yeah. low yeah. environments. So the thing is is that they still get all their sugar from the sun. But they need to get all of their nitrogen and other minerals that they would usually get from the soil. Either plants do it a couple different ways. Either they're a nitrogen-rich soil, and they just get it from the soil directly. Or they make symbiotic relationships with bacteria. Mm -hmm. So Uh, Peanuts, soybeans. uh, Peanuts, soybeans, legumes. Or like most trees, like the ones we have out here, make symbiotic relationships with fungus, which are mycorrhizal fungi, right? Which are the fungal network that sort of runs through the forest. Sure. Now, if you are in a tropical region, mm-hmm. or you are in a bog, <laughs> mm-hmm. many carnivorous plants and bogs. Many carnivorous plants and bogs. Many carnivorous plants in tropical regions because those places are actually nutrient poor. The reason is because there is so much competition. Right. There's a lot of competition, and also you have a heavy amount of carbon breakdown. All yes. Everything, everything dead falling into the swamp sits. On the bottom, you have all the carbon and what oxygenation you get. It becomes acidic. Yes. And it yeah. can leach nitrogen out to try and mm-hmm. stabilize itself. And you also, the nitrogen will dissolve in the water mm-hmm. and just be released through evaporation into mm-hmm. the atmosphere. Yeah. It Plants gets, can't get a hold of it. They can't sure. get a hold of it fast enough. Is you're fighting insects, you're fighting fungus, you're fighting bacteria. It all just gets churned up so quickly that there's not enough to go around. So, instead... You have to get your nitrogen from somewhere else. It's the it's the used car lot of na- of the natural world. It is yeah. true. It, there's a lot of it here. Most of it's not good. No, it's not mm-hmm. good. There are certain species of pitcher plant in northern Florida, which is very very sandy. Yes. Right. There's mostly silica. The, yes. the soil yeah, has. This is just nothing. For pretty them. much yeah, nothing so else. That's that's also where it's like you you get these very sandy soils. You know, very yeah. nutrient poor ones. Loamy. So there's not a lot of material. Not a lot of material. Hold a lot of mm-hmm. nutrients. Something has to grow there because every niche will be filled. Nature just abhors a vacuum. Yes, so, it does. So they're just like, well, we got eight people. So they're, yeah. Well, not people, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, the right size. But then again, good. they're shambling down. Mm-hmm. There are pitcher plant varieties in northern Florida. They look much like, you know, we think of pitcher plants, you think of Nepenthes. You think of the, it looks like a yeah. pitcher. So yeah. a Nepenthes, it looks like a big sort of bulbous lemonade pitcher. 50s, there the are last so bulb picture. Yeah, and there are so many different kinds. There's ones that hang. There's big giant ones that are are on the ground, oh, no. and the largest genus is Nepenthes. And so when it comes to a carnivorous plant, the most common, I would say, design, is a pitcher. And those are all modified leaves. Those are specialized leaves, right? Which have digestive enzymes in the bottom that just slowly dissolve whatever falls in there. That it, it is the ultimate patience trap. Yeah. And it's the, it basically it is just, a it just sits there. Yeah. Trap. And then eventually something falls in and then all right, it gets right. eaten. And we'll so eat some of them have formed symbiotic relationships with trues. Some have formed symbiotic relationships with bats that sleep inside there and then they just take whatever <laughs> Okay, we won't eat you. Yeah, well, usually what happens is that they, they trick them into it. They trick them, or into, they trick it. them into it. The shrews, they will produce a nectar. Because they have plenty of sugar. Because they right. have plenty of sugar. 
on the bottom of the little sort of like flap lip, right? Mm -hmm. Like that closes the pitcher. And the shrew will lick that because it's delicious. But it's also a laxative. Mm. And so the shrew literally just poops into the pitcher. It, it's a toilet. It's a shrew loo. Right. Yep. And so the but thing typically, is... It was no more than two. Right. <laughs> typically, though, that is very nitrogen rich. Yep. Most excrement the, from mammals is nitrogen heavy. Because the thing is, plants don't, it don't really care where the nitrogen comes from. Right. It just wants it. It just right. wants it. And so the thing is, there's different bats, which Imagine will sleep in dark Hershey's. Yes. Right. Well, no, once, well, I was going to say, once again... Plants are poop eaters. It's yeah. true. It's true. And so the thing is, and the same is, thing like, with bats. The, you know, these tiny bats. They cling to the top right. because they're protected in this they picture. They sleep inside there. They'll right. sometimes steal bugs that fall in there too. But sure, but usually all that guano. Usually it's the guano. Yeah. yeah, is feeding the plant. It's feeding the plant. Then you have things like you know Venus flytraps, which are really only in the Carolinas. Okay, the Venus flytrap. So even though everyone's like, this is the carnivorous this is the plant. Carnivorous they, plant. There are That's only what most people know. Yeah, one. There are only three, there are only, it's really one species, but there's only like three maybe subspecies, and they evolved in South Carolina, in North Carolina, and a little bit of South Carolina, and that is it. And they are actually highly, highly endangered in the wild, mm -hmm. because people poach the shit out of them. Sure. Even though we cultivate them like crazy, and you can buy them for literally nothing like at, at the Home store. Depot. At yeah, like right. the At Home Depot. If it can be poached, there's somebody poaching it. Sure. Right? And so the thing is, don't go to the bugs, leave them alone. One, they're also very, very small. Yeah, very they're small. smaller than you think they are. And then you have things like sundews. Yes. Where it's a sticky trap and it curls around. It's just a long stem with all these little, they look like dewdrops, but they're actually sticky traps. And it just curls around the bug. Yep. It's called, it. It's yeah. called mucilage, right? Is it is like a type of sticky sort of sap. Oh, that's and a cereal. So, <laughs> exactly. Okay. And, so the thing, <laughs> and so the thing is that... Some dudes are the next most common design, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of them actually in Australia is where the most different... Because of course they are. <laughs> because even the plants want to kill you. Yeah. Even the plants want to kill you. But all um, these things are in like nutrient-poor soils. A lot of them are in swampy areas. Mm -hmm. Those move. I mean, a Venus flytrap moves, and they're the most specialized. As yeah. Also, it is a specialized leaf. And it's the most dramatic. It's definitely the most dramatic. Yeah. There's bladder warts and other types of sticky traps that are similar, but they're a little bit more like flypaper. And they only capture like very, very small like things. Fruit flies. Like yeah. fruit flies. Yeah. Very small. Very small. <laughs> they're like, no one's going to miss this. No <laughs> one's going to miss this. It's fine. And it's usually it's it's like... It's just a fruit fly. Oh, it only this, lives a moment this, anyway. Yeah, like this smells, this smells delicious. I actually listened to a podcast, um, In Defense of Plants. I will talk about them forever. There was a gal who was working on her PhD looking at liverworts so bladderworts is actually an aquatic plant is an aquatic carnivorous plant that uses tiny little vacuum traps it's actually a tiny little sack that it's pumped all the water out and it's a spring-loaded trap that as soon as it gets triggered by a little tiny like fish fry or tiny little bug larva or whatever it opens up and that creates a vacuum and then the little prey gets and sucked go, in yeah. and, and the thing is you can you can look up a video of it is one of the fastest things on earth. Sure. Oh, actually. yeah, it's one of those things where like you blink, you miss it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so oh, they blink, you didn't miss it once. You missed it like fifty times. Right. Yeah. yeah. It is. A, it is amazing. Back to the liverworts. It was the there these itty bitty plants with these very sticky leaves that are like flypaper, and that just a tiny little like if it's a large bug, it can get itself unstuck, but it's actually made of all these tiny little sticky hairs. And then if it's like a like a gnat or fungus gnat or like a tiny ant or something like that, Drosophila. Drosophila, it will stick. To remove yeah, it will stick to these things. And so the gal says she goes, I'm I'm on my hands and knees and I'm looking at these liverworts and I'm like, is that dirt or a bug? Yeah. 
You know, like that's when you're like, dealing with small. Yeah, yeah, like really, really small. It's I have like to determine you if this know. tiny black dot has six limbs or not. Well, oh, and, yeah, the, and and that's the thing is like, this is this is where the horror comes in because somewhere along the line, saw something like that mm-hmm. and said. What if it could walk? What if it, a what if it could walk and what if it was big enough that it could do that to a person? Right. And then here then well, we go. More and, iterations later, Shambling so, Mountain. Yep, right. and so the thing is like it being carnivorous makes total sense to be sure. able to get that much energy, right, to right. move that much. Because we're talking like true like ambulatory true plant. Right. ambulatory right. movement because photosynthesis works because photosynthesis is time. You've got to sit still for a while, but that also, because they're still green, and they're still somewhat photosynthetic, it being able to sit dormant for days on end is well, totally we dormant. dormant, we're not talking plant dormancy. No, um, we're not talking plant dormancy, we're just saying not moving. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it behaves more plant-like it for several more, days, yes. and then when bigger, more energetic food shows up, up. Mm-hmm. snap, mine now. Yes. And then, yeah, the same sort of thing. You're trapped. I mean, mm-hmm. it has you, and it is burrowing in and just sucking all the nutrients out of but, you that it can yeah. and turning you into mulch. Plants sense, as I said, we, we say they see, they sense light, but every cell that's in the aerial part of the plant above the ground yeah, yeah. senses. In this case, all of it. Which is all of it. Senses, can sense light. If there's, if there's corva, it can sense light. It knows where it is. The roots can sense gravity. Well, and then and vibrations like and vibrations. Hence the blind sense. Yes, right. plants will actively grow around things that vibrate, or the touch sense where it's like they hit a rock yeah. and then they will grow around it. Sure. Um, or, or they engulf it, it sometimes. Or right. they engulf it's where it. Where you get burls. Yeah. Where you in go, trees, they go yeah. around just it. Just wrap around the rock and eventually crush it. Back, right. Back to the persistence thing. Yep. <laughs> where it doesn't really care. Also, plants do not sleep. They do not. They the processes change. The day and night processes change, yeah. but they don't sleep. They don't have to. How they communicate and sense the world is through chemicals. In some of our D&D games, I use it as smells because there's a lot of aromatic compounds. Could be how it's just Mike Myersing down your camp. It smells the sweat and the, the heat from mm-hmm. people and is like, that's food. I because, smell food. Because Th- they, this is the cartoon like floating through the air towards the pie, mm-hmm. but the pie is people. <laughs> because you can, exactly. like striga, for example, so this is a type of parasitic plant. If you put a striga seed near the roots of, like, a maize or a sorghum plant, mm-hmm. and it starts to germinate, it's like, it can smell it. It can smell it and find the, and work its way over there and be like, ah. And so the thing is and that... plants do move. Oh, yeah, they do There are do videos move. of both in germination and also, like, over time... In growth, no. particularly like vining plants, spin like they a spiral. helicopter until so, they catch something and then they will grow around it. So really, that's the thing is like the elaboration here in terms of Shambling Mount is really in terms of scale. It's pretty, right because it's because yes. it's, it's like yes, it's carnivorous. You know, we have carnivorous plants in the world, but this is one that can eat a person. Mm-hmm. Right. We just scaled that part up, yeah. and also it can move. Well, yes, plants can move. It just is moving faster than yes. what plants normally move. And yes. there are some plants that do move honestly very quickly. And right. so we're actually going to talk about that a little bit when so I like, brought up some examples. Of one of the common ones and one of the things I love is called a banyan tree. Okay. Well, yeah. And so 
Florida man. I know. I yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, not all our listeners have been there. No, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so but its nickname is the, the walking tree. tree. The walking tree. And yeah. that's because what it does is it sends out a branch, and then there are tendrils which go down from each branch to become new roots and new and, and new trunks. And so it will and, walk. And they're, they're tiny. I mean, they're very, very thin. They're hair-like. Mm-hmm. Just these tiny, tiny little tendrils. And if they hit something hard where it can't burrow in, it just gives up, lets that die off, and it falls off. But it, if one further out on the branch does hit soil, right, then it will. That's where we're going. Put energy into that tendril, and right. it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, bigger and bigger. Several of them will start to grow together into like almost waves, and it, they cross rivers. Yeah. Yeah, Banyan, banyans to see them in the like in the midst of moving is is actually like wow that's interesting. Yep. And so the thing is like these trees will It's a, it's a plant on stilts. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a plant on stilts and it's a type of fig species. And they grow very quickly. And yeah. they grow they very, grow very fast quickly. in general. And so the thing is like they can walk and continue to move, right? But it's big, it's still one organism even if it looks like a grove of trees. And on top of that, organism. if you cut down like one so eventually those roots expand and become almost mini trunks right but it's like each branch has like 10 trunks on it you can cut some of them down and you could even cut off the extension from the center as long as it has a root that can support itself it'll grow yeah Yeah. it'll just keep going because so realistically you could chop up one tree into 18 different parts and let it continue to grow and it will continue to march onward it mm-hmm. might be slow, but it's going to keep going. Most people um, think of an unstoppable force as this like rapidly moving object. Right. Sometimes it is just the inerexable no, motion. If, it's just this thing that has time on its side, yes. and so it doesn't have to if, worry about yep, if there's doing any, it quickly. Yep, if there's anything plants are, it's number patient. one, resilient. Number two, patient. They're tenacious, where it's just like, I see that wall. I don't care. I don't care. I will get it down eventually. We all, um, we all want to be plants someday. <laughs> I mean... We've talked about it, I think, before in the podcast, is Wisteria. Yes. It eats buildings. Wisteria yeah. eats buildings. Right. It is this exceedingly dense vine. It has beautiful purple flowers. They are right. absolutely beautiful. They are gorgeous. But, like, most people are like, oh, I can build, like, a nice little arbor and, like, hold my vines. And even, like, grape vines, like, you don't need much. Like, a wire will hold them up. Yeah. Wisteria, you build with, like, four by fours oh, at a minimum. Guess what family it's in? Hmm. It's a legume. Really? It's a peanut. Yep, it's a peanut. It's a nut. It is a flowering plant in the legume family, Fabiaceae. Ten species of woody climbing tree, woody climbing... Vines. Vines, twining vines that are native to China, Korea, Japan, and the eastern United States. Well, they're not native to the United States. Yeah. Um, and that some species are popular as ornamental plants. But people will have them like grow up the side of your house or your building. Yeah. You have to cut them back every single, single year, year or they right. will eat the house right because they grow so thick and so fast that in like 10 years they will crush a house they are incredibly heavy right and incredibly persistent so they twin they were they do what's called twinning their stems or so twining. The twining but it's like there will be multiple stems that twine around like each a other rope in a rope right, right? Yeah, sure. like a spiral yeah. But yeah. it's a rope made of wood. With a wood, and it yeah, exactly. And clockwise. then it's pulling your house apart. Yeah. yeah, depending on the species, it climbs either clockwise or counterclockwise, and that's how you can tell them apart. Oh, the two interesting. Most common species. That's interesting. But they can climb as high as twenty meters or sixty-six feet. Holy shit! Above the ground and ten meters or thirty-three feet laterally, and it's like the largest known wisteria is in Sierra Madre, California. Measuring more than one acre in size and 250 tons. Holy crap. That's a big plant. Yeah. It's planted in 1894. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, 
Time has Patient. no... Yeah, time doesn't mean anything. Time, time does not does matter. Time does not matter. And so... This, this reminds me of, and you both love Sigil, so you... you Razorvine. This yes. is yeah. all Razorvine right here. No, Razorvine... Kudzu. No, Razorvine yeah, that's is true. Kudzu. Razorvine is Kudzu. No, that's Actually, true. Kudzu is real. Yeah. Will... Razorvine exists. Yeah, yes. that's true. That's, that's true. the thing. Most of... It's like, oh, they made up this terrible plant. I'm like, no, this, this no, planet already exists. <laughs> this planet already Georgia. Exists. Although, well, the only difference, it, like, is Kudzu, like, literally like razors? Because that's that's the trick with Razorvine is that it's mm-hmm. called Razorvine because yeah you can cut yourself on that mm-hmm. shit. I don't recall if it does. It right. might have thorns. The big thing though is that Kudzu just consumes. Mm-hmm. Right. Kudzu right. just covers things. Ah, right. it's in the pea family too. It's, it's in, in Fabiaceae again too. Oh wow. It's the same legume family. It's the same. Well, so the real story is, is l- peanuts l- and l- soybeans l- are trying to kill us. L- legumes are trying to kill us. Yeah. Legumes all of the vining versions of this family want us to die. Are all are all yeah. When humanity is gone, they, this okay. will remain. So the, so the takeaway we've taken today is peanuts have declared war on us. They <laughs> just don't know declared it. war on us. If you don't like peas, why learn. did George Washington Carver not tell us? this when he had the chance. Right. If well, you don't like peas as a food, learn to. Because if you don't eat them, they will eat they us. Will eat like, that's what we're learning. So most plants that bred through what we, what, I, what they call vegetative reproduction, which yeah. is basically they clone themselves. And so like a quaking aspen, for example, or like a banana, or like some other things, it's through the roots. So like a banyan tree, it's the opposite. It comes up the branches, you have yep. a new trunk, goes out. And then it goes down. The, yeah. This keeps, ha- this ha- it's more often the other way around, but you don't see that part because it's underground. Because it's rhizome. Underground. So it's yeah. the rhizome, so the root grows, and then a new trunk comes up, and then some more roots grow, and a new trunk comes up, and right. they're like, and for a while it's like, oh, we have this entire grove of aspens. It's like, no, nah, it's actually that's one. That's just one, this is one tree. One plant. It's just one plant. One plant. Yeah. So Pando is an example. It was a male quaking aspen in Utah. I've probably like oh, one of my worse. favorite plants. Kudzu also spreads by seed. Yes. Oh yeah. It does. Oh right. yeah. Both. It does both. It's right. real bad. It's one of the reasons that it's taken over like everything. Nature um, is trying to eat us, folks. But like, oh, yeah. that's the, the ultimate conspiracy. <laughs> that's the as, as always, if you're afraid of nature, stay afraid. Stay yeah. afraid. This is a health. This is a healthy response. Yes, it is a healthy so, response. I mean, the shambling mound is just. It is taking that to its extreme, right? Yes. Well, that's that's the, that's the thing is like because again, like this is something that it is tenacious, it is persistent, mm-hmm. but it is still if you're going to sit there location. and look at it, you're going to be oh, what a pretty plant because you're not seeing the long term. You're right? not seeing two So what they're doing with, with the shambling mound is all right. Let's speed that up speed so that now you bit. understand. What if we Frankenstein's monster a plant? A plant, literally, yeah. like you just in, took in, a plant in, in all dimensions, struck it with lightning, and hence turned yeah. it loose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it because, terrorized the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, because it's like you also have. If we want to go in the razor vine thing, is that basically they took kudzu and then they crossed it with a saw palmetto. No, oh, okay. Yeah. Because saw saw palmettos, which are like palm adjacent run along the ground instead where it's just like yep. huh growing up is too hard what if i just flop over and grow sideways what if um, i just bush everywhere yeah what if i just bush and everywhere that, and run? they're another one of these species that they need fire yeah yes. they do oh they absolutely do but after mm-hmm. a fire they grow and they grow quickly but they have these long <laughs> nasty nasty leaves that you can cut yourself on uh um, i know sharp. i know that from personal experience mm-hmm. <laughs> so as I said, why am i bleeding like razor vine is basically razor vine, yeah, razor vine and sigil is just you took 
you took the growth habit of kudzu or right. wisteria, whichever right. you want, and you gave it saw palmetto leaves. Or sawgrass leaves. Or, or sawgrass, sawgrass leaves, leaves. and yeah. here you go. Now And, and sawgrass is deceptive because you go one way and it's fine. You go the other way and you're bleeding. Mm, that's not good. It's not so fine. Nope. Go the other way. Fine. It's not so fine. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that saw palmettos and sawgrass leaves were used as weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you flail people with them because mm-hmm. it would just, sli- it was a cat of nine tails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. From nature. Also, like what's called a walking palm. Mm-hmm is it's a palm tree that grows on, like, stilts. But the thing is, is it can, it, it, unlike the banyan tree, which just grows and expands, or we have the aspen, which just the, you know, makes new trunks and expands. And so it's the same organism, it's walking, but it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. In bananas, for example, it's like, it will send up, it will send up a stalk, and then maybe that one will die, but the rhizome's still there, so it'll send up another stalk. Yeah. The walking palm literally walks. Mm-hmm. It has stilts. And then it's like, huh, the light here isn't so great. Yeah. And we'll move the stilts and just slowly move to a better position. Right. So it will grow new stilts in the direction it wants to go. Sure. And once those are established, it, it just kills off the ones on the back mm-hmm. and yeah. then leans and then grows new ones and leans and grows new ones. So in, in a sense, it's almost how a tank works with, yeah. with treads. Yes. In it, a sense. Yeah. Because it, and like if you knock it over, it just puts out stilts and lifts itself back up. Yeah. Right. So yeah. they've so they've actually done the experiment where they've knocked one over. Yeah. And it's it's almost like a teeter totter where it's yeah. just like okay, and it'll just put out new stilts and just get itself back up, and then will move itself. So they've taken certain walking palms and have watched them, and as the other trees around them got bigger or larger or something like that, they will walk themselves into new positions. To find light. To find yeah. light. Right. And so you can have one tree that is moved that over and apparently because palms are palms are closer related to grass than they are as other trees, they actually can move relatively quickly over like a period of like five years. Yeah, they're so, monocots and they grow fast. Yes. Right. And so because of that they grow new stilts and so there's been researchers who come back where it's like, Oh, I had this tree, right? And it's like, Wait, where'd my tree go? And they look, it's like and then they march it like Is that a new tree? And then I go looking over because they come back like you know five years later. And it's like yeah. that that's moved. not where I put that tree. Yeah, exactly. It's like that move. That thing moved it is like literally moving. But it's like I think if I look, let me see where it says because it was in 1961, so not that long ago. In the in the scale of trees. Yeah, in the scale right. of trees. E. J. H. Corner hypothesized the unusual stilt roots were an adaptation to allow the palm to grow in swampy areas of forest. Like a mangrove. Like a mangrove. Right, yeah. No evidence exists that stilt roots are, in fact, an adaptation to flooding, but alternative functions for them have been suggested. John H. Broadley suggested in 1980 that, in fact, they allow the palm to walk away from the point of germination if another tree falls on the seedling and knocks it over. If such an event occurs, then the palm produces new vertical stilt roots and then can right itself, and the original roots rot away. Jesus. Radford (laughs) writes in December um, 2019... Uh, t- no, 2009, Spectacle Inquirer, that as interesting as it would think that no one is around, that when no one is around, trees walk the rainforest floor, it's a mere myth, and cites two ta- detailed studies that came to this conclusion. Other advantages of stilt roots over normal roots have also been proposed, and then Swain proposed in 1983 that they allow the palm to colonize areas where there's a lot of debris, for like dead logs, for example. Right, because you just grow and can avoid it yeah, just grow over by them. moving their roots and that would allow it to grow upwards to reach light without having to increase the diameter of the stem hmm. so that you could move around. 
and makes the palm roots more stable and therefore allowed to grow taller and more quickly. And then you would also have less biomass underground. And palms already are not deep rooters. No, no they're not. It's usually a very shallow network. And so that gives you... You can usually see most of the tree, uh, mm-hmm. most of the roots like right, right there on the ground. Leaving yeah. more energy to use growing above ground, it's thought the roots may incur an advantage when the palm is growing on a slope, but no evidence was found of this. Which is kind of why it's amazing that hurricanes just don't knock all of them down all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. But if they do get knocked over, palm trees don't care. They just grow roots out the side. Yeah, they'll just grow out of the side. Yeah. Which is something that a lot of trees don't do. It's true. Like, palm trees are, like, tree is such a loose definition to start with. It's basically any it's large woody plant. It's true. Medium woody plants are now a bush. Like, the, the definition's a little too broad. But it's what we've got. Yeah. So, like, calling a palm tree a tree is kind of rude to other trees. Yeah. Because, like, you cut another tree open, like, yes, yeah. at a microscopic level, it's all tubes. It, yeah. it actually tubes. is a series of tubes. Yeah. Um, but they're very, very tiny. They're very compact. You can literally sit there and like count tubes by hand, by eye in a palm tree. Like right. they're very, very they're soft. So yeah. why they float? So yeah. for when it comes to the walking palm, from what I'm reading and look at, looked in here, is that they have seen evidence of them riding themselves when they've knocked over and different stuff like that. Now, how much they walk, everyone's still arguing about it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Which is usually how science goes. Right. Yep. Science is just a very long argument. Okay, and, yep. and, and also because no one wants to sit, sit out there for like 10 years. 10 mm-hmm. years. Right, 10 years to look at, to do the study. Palm tree moved three inches today. Yeah, palm tree moved three inches today. I mean, you joke, but there are some plants that will grow that fast. No, Certain, I don't. No, I don't. Certain bamboos grow like a foot a day. So besides bladderworts, which I said were the fastest, right, when it comes to... So plant cells themselves are very fast, which may sound weird. Sure. There's a reason for that, is that because if you live your whole life, generally speaking, unless you're walking home, yeah. if you live your whole life in one place, one of the reasons that plant genomes are much larger than animals and everybody else is like, you have to have all the tools you need to be able to deal with whatever could possibly happen to you at any right. given time. Because you can't afford to move to Utah. The, this depends on evolution. Evolutionary wise, it's the, do I invest in a very diverse toolkit right. with lots of defenses and things? Or do I invest in being able to move around? <laughs> they invested in the in the very diverse toolkit and making my own food, right? The Boy Scouts claim that they came up with the, like, always be prepared, but really plants well, came really up with first. Plants. No, it's yeah. true. It's Pla- true. The, the plants figured that out. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Because of that, each plant cell is about a hundred, an average of 100 microns across. Microns is like a thousandth of a meter. Is a thousandth of a meter. Sure. So an animal cell, if you have it in a dish can crawl about one micron a minute. In plants, the signaling, they have what's called cytoplasmic streaming. Now, cytoplasm is the, is the juice on the inside of the cell that is outside of the organelles that moves things around. Juice. It is the truth, it's the juice. Thing is, is that cytoplasmic streaming, where a protein or a vesicle or something, a cargo, and a signal can go from one side of a plant cell to another side of the plant cell, which is 100 microns, by the way, so a hundred times the distance that the animal hundred times the right. distance that the animal right. cell moved in one minute in one second. Yep, it's fast. So, so you know, six thousand times faster. Right. Yep. And so that's one of the reasons that it's like they don't have a nervous system. You don't need because it. they don't need a nervous system. Yeah, they need it. Like the the nervous system is our response to cytoplasmic streaming. Right. It's, it's the animal version. I have one high speed network that is fiber, and everything in the neighborhood is still running copper. Yeah. It's the American internet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Plants are the rest of the world's internet that's all high speed. 
But yeah, I mean, plants are just like, we don't need a tubule because everything goes fast. Yeah. yeah. Everything goes fast. And so technically, technically speaking, it takes a little bit longer for a signal from the top of the tree to get to the bottom of the tree than it does for us just because of how our nerves work. But the thing is, it's not that much slower. Than no, it's not. It's and yeah. the nerve, it's like the signal goes down that nerve. Right. So anything attached to that nerve is aware of that signal. Right. So like the signal plants, to your right finger, your right hand, your left hand doesn't care about. Right, exactly. But in a plant, it if goes the everywhere. signal goes from the tip to the bottom, the whole plant likely knows about it very right. quickly. The whole yeah. plant because knows it everywhere. cascades, because yeah. every cell has to know what's going on to right. know what to do. They're it's all busybodies. They all have to know what's they going on. They all know what's going on. And that's how plants defend themselves. Yes. Is because if one thing is dying or attack, being attacked, it lets everyone around it know who let their neighbors know. It's the ultimate phone tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> the whole plant will know about an attack on one leaf. Yes. Right. And now that leaf might die and the rest of the plant's fine, but it's ready in case something gets out of that leaf. Yes, so that's, and that's so what's it's just called. A, it's just an endless cascade of, did you hear what happened to Bob? Did you hear what happened to Bob? Oh, God, did you hear what happened to Bob? It's true because it's called because that's called um, systemic resistance or hypersensitive response. Is that there are two levels of plant defenses? So sorry, everyone. This is what I studied for my PhD. Haha. Plant um, time. Plant time. Plant defenses. Plant immune system. Anyway, it's different than ours. Psych. There are two levels. Yeah. There is pattern triggered immunity, where they used to call micro triggered immunity, and then they figured out that it's like basically it's noticing a molecule that is not itself. And that can be also the touch responses, too. Hey, you're and, not Steve. Yep. And, yep. If, and if you like Star Trek, let's call it yellow alert. Sure. Okay. Where it's the, the plant cell's like, whoop, something's up. This is not, this and is it not gets, right. And it gets ready, and it waits for the next level is effector-triggered immunity, where it's like something has invaded the cell that is does not belong. And then the cell itself tells the, entire, the rest of the cell and all its neighbors and everybody else Right. That something bad is going on. It's yeah. the difference between that guy has a gun and I've been shot. Yes. Yeah. The pattern is there's a gun. Right. I've been shot is I've been affected. Yes. Or or uh been, Hey, you're not Steve and You're not Steve at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like Steve? No. Steve would never stab me in the spleen. Steve would never do that. In our immune system, it's that we have white blood cells that come and examine your cells and be like, oh, you don't belong, right? Or I found this weird thing, and it takes it to the lymph, the B cells and the lymph nodes and goes, I found this weird thing. Yeah, and white blood cells like papers, please. Yes. Papers. And they're like, papers. And then the, and then the, B, and the B cells just like, oh, no, don't worry about that, it's fine. Or then the B cells like, huh, i never seen that before. Yeah, we better go tell the T, T cells and T killer cells to go look for that. Or the, oh shit, we have seen this before, fuck. And goes, this asshole so, again. This asshole again. Versus, so plants have bureaucracy, but it's very efficient. Yes. Right, but the thing is, so like Everyone that... Everyone has all the papers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So like, in the plant, we have what's called an adaptive immune system, where it's the, there's memory B cells that remember all the MOOCs that we've seen before. Yeah. And you they do that. have the America's Most Wanted list. They have right. the America's yeah. Most Wanted list. Versus plants were just like, I don't know what that is, right, but it's bad. And so they have, they don't remember anything, but instead they have the they have the nuclear option. <laughs> yeah. Is what happens is that if a plant cell's infected, it starts making reactive oxygen species in the chloroplasts, and then it explodes. So right. from a chemistry standpoint, oxygen we breathe, and that is healthy oxygen, O2, two molecules, two atoms bonded together. Yeah. It's safe. Reactive oxygens are either a single oxygen or three oxygens stuck yeah. together. And guess what? Because there's an odd number, oxygen really wants to grab other things. Yeah, sure. That's the reason that like aluminum oxide exists, right. that rust happens, 
because free radicals or you know reactive oxygen wants to not be by itself. No. Oxygen is really clingy. It's sure. very clingy, yeah. and usually when and when, when it clings, it tends to blow things up. Yes. Right. Because literally, because heat gets made, and so because of that, it's an exothermic reaction. It's an sure. exothermic reaction. So what happens well, is what that what if I lit you on fire? If I'm an infected cell, is not only do they basically do the nuclear option where the entire chloroplast makes reactive oxygen species and explodes, yeah. is that it kills the the it kills the invader, it kills itself and all its neighbors. To prevent anything it from is, spreading. Nu- nuke it from orbit. It's the it, only it, way to be that, sure. That's that's it actually is. literally how plants deal. It's like nuke it from orbit. It's the only way. That to is sure. the plant immune response to everything. So yeah. if you see yeah. a leaf and it's got like this, it's rather extreme. Yes, but, but it works. It works because if you if there's a leaf and you see like a black spot on it, which is like a lesion, that's what happened. Right. I mean, to be fair, like <laughs> if I if I had if, if I had a terrible serious injury to my my arm. I would say, yeah, just blow up the arm if I could just grow the arm back too. Yes. So, and so that's so I kind we, of understand. When they were it. talking about the shambling mound having that central root that could regrow from that, right. totally makes sense. And just playing dead, and it's yeah. like, oh no, you burned off my arm. Ah, oh. yeah, is he exactly. gone? All right, he's gone. Throw right, a new arm and let's keep going. All right, let's back, go back to business. Yeah. yeah, so the thing is, like, them having That's blind a very sense, thing to do. like, yeah. them being able to probably, I'd say, play it as, like, they can smell, right? Because the thing is, like, plants breathe, obviously, but they, but instead of having lungs and a trachea and all that other stuff, it's the, they breathe through all of the leaves. And they also do through the bark, too. You know, but any place that... but it happens. It, yeah. Anything that happens. So it's like, anywhere there's stomata, they're breathing, but they're also smelling. And some trees, even most trees, will not photosynthesize through the trunk. No. Like, they do, but it's, like, minute by some comparison. Some do, but yeah. But, like, sycamores actually actively use their trunks for photosynthesis. Yes. It's the reason that they have that sort of greenish-white color. Yeah. They photosynthesize through that. They, yep. they purposefully blow off the outside of the bark to get more light. Yeah. Right. It's a strategy. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I mean, the, the thing with... There the, are many schools of thought. Right. There are many schools of as thought. As many schools of thought as there are, there are trees or plants to fill that niche. Yes. Yeah, exactly. They, like... Plants are very highly uh, are so highly adapted about fill about every every niche you can imagine. Like there's things like lithops, which are living stones, which look like a freaking rock. Right? It's a plant. It right. looks like it's, a rock. It right. looks like a rock, and the only re- they grow and most in of the time they grow in deserts. They grow in places where there's shale. There's nothing there. There's barely any rain ever, and the only reason you know that they're there is that everyone it's like ever it's like once in their life or a couple times in their life they flower. And so all of a sudden you will just have this EB pink flower. Sticking out of what looks like rocks. Sticking out of what looks out like a rock. Right. And the, the reason it's of... able to grow there is it no grips way. onto the side of the rock, and then anytime it's ever moist, what tiny, minute chemical breakdown there is of that stone, it absorbs. That is its strategy for living. And they're itty bitty, tiny, tiny, like the size of a quarter. And they call them living stones. So the thing is, most of the time you're just like, there's no way that's a plant. There's plants some that feel- grow. The, Every it's like some that grow on like freaking like cliff rock faces, like all this other stuff. Then shambling mounds being able to regenerate totally makes sense. Right? From lightning, not as much. Okay, that's, that's, what, I was, that's, that's what I was going to say. The takeaway of this is that lightning is bullshit. Because the thing is, everything else I'm kind of okay with. They didn't have anything on like hearing sense or whatever because okay, everyone, plants cannot hear. All right. They sense vibration. They sense but it's not vibration, that's not their, yeah, that's but it's not. Hearing. So them not having a language, I'm good with. Because sure. the thing, they do not hear. End quote. 
Anytime anyone's like, so which is why they're immune to being deafened because yes. there's nothing for the to there's affect nothing, it. Yeah, nope. deafen yeah. it all you want, it does nothing. Nope. It's already deafened. And, it, yes. and one of the and one of the reasons that I'm most I've had people ask me this too, where it's like, oh, if I play certain music, will my plant grow better or whatever? The thing is, in the in the what a plant knows book that I told you about, yeah, is that there have been lots of studies. I'm going to put studies in quotes. Quotes, yeah. About how music affects plant growth. The thing I remember is, those. For yep. some reason, it always seems that the music that the author likes the best right is the one that the plant, plant likes, likes the best, the best yeah. and the music that the author didn't like or the type of music is the one that the plant So maybe the plant is so, just reaction reacting to the author. Yeah. Or maybe it's confirmation bias. Or, it's our, or confirmation bias. And yeah. There's no it, there is no impact, and it's just wishful thinking. Right, it's just wishful thinking. <laughs> and it's like, so sometimes it's like, oh, but I like talking to my plants, and I, and it's just like, it's like they hear me. I'm like, vibration, probably not. Right, it's that if it makes you feel better and enjoyment, great. Well, you know? honestly, if you're talking to your plants, odds are good it's not the actual talking. It's the fact that because you've made a habit of talking to the plants, you anthropomorphize them. And you want to care about them more, so you actually take better care of them. Like right. it, it is a or, or also you're anthropomorphizing them to the point where you're you're seeing random stimuli as having some kind of significance right. that's right. not there. Yeah. But it, it, there, because you're talking to them, you're more likely to water been, them. You're and, more yeah, likely exactly. to change and, the soil. Yeah, yeah, it's like, are you observing them more? And that's why you're noticing these things. There has been there was some recent publications that found that that there are certain flowers that will respond to the vibration of different honeybees. Okay. And that when they sense that vibration, they could play that kind of frequency or like that vibration mm -hmm. to the plant and the plant would actually produce more and sweeter nectar like Yeah. Hey bees like, play it. Hey. Hey, hey bees. Hey. You know what you want. I you know what you want. I need you for pollination. I need you for come over. in the area. Come over here. Come over here, baby. Like that's as much as it gets. Plants hitting on bees. Hmm? Oh, tales old as time. No, tales old as time. We don't even want to get into the, like plants tricking animals happens so much. I, right. I love that theory that we are not farming plants. Plants are farming, farming us. us. Right. Yeah. Because they have adapted to what we have bred plants to give us specific fruits or improve their their quality or their flavor. But arguably, if the plant was to do that, we are going to care more for it. So it could be that the plants are actually changing themselves to get more resources from us. No, we have we have civilization because plants allowed it. Correct. No. Well, yeah. the thing is, is corn took over the world. Corn cannot corn how it is cannot exist without humans. And we have basically original corn is nothing. No, at nothing all like what we eat. And the current and the current one sense. and the current right. kind of corn is such a spoiled baby oh, when God, it yes. comes to and, but it changes weather. It changes weather patterns. There's so much corn on the planet. Like it can change the literal. Oh, climate. listen, I've I've driven through. <laughs> but I mean, the, the, I've driven through Iowa. <laughs> yeah, I know how much yes. of the corn there is in the planet. Mm -hmm. And on top, of, but you're absolutely right. Like the amount of hum because when corn respires, corn respires. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Corn it's, has. You can feel that. Oh yeah, you literally you can if you were to walk into a cornfield. The change in humidity is physically palpable. noticeable. It is very palpable. Like because I've also walked in a cornfield, and yes, and like to the point where like you know you kind of see like the mime motion of like I'm trapped in a glass box. Yep. You could do that with the humidity coming off of a cornfield. And and I like you can the first time I walked through that. a cornfield was after I left Miami, and it felt very similar 
to it like when it's the middle of August in South Florida where you're just like, oh, it's I, I'm swimming. You through. walk outside and you immediately are sweating. Yeah, yeah. And it felt almost exactly the same way when I started walking through that corner. So you imagine that at the hectares upon hectares, acres yep. upon acres, all just pumping humidity into the air. Mm-hmm. Yep. That literally was causes cloud formation. It causes yeah. cloud formation. It co- like it. Like weather systems over the Great Plains are more intense because of corn and wheat. Yes. Right. Than they were in years prior. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it's like they, it's technically like it has changed the climate, you know, of the planet. But yeah, original. So, so who invaded who? Who the, invaded the, Euro- who? the Europeans into North America or, or corn, corn into the rest of the world? It's tr- like, original South American corn lies flat on the ground. Yeah. It's like two inches long, and the kernels are rock hard. Yep. It is oh God. Inedible. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The reason that you know you, you hear like the ancient Incas, mm-hmm. you know, grinding it into flowers because that was the only way to make it edible was grinding, grinding the living daylights out of it, it and then hydrating it. Hydrating the hell out like of it. Like original corn, teosinte flour is like ninety percent water. I forget. I forget the process that they called it, something with an M, for having to prepare like that original. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Haha. Yeah. Where, where it's Masturbation. literally like chewing. Like yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to, you had to baby bird corn. Like you had to pre-chew it with rocks, right? And in then to you turn could it eat into it. that like mm-hmm. mush, like, like slurry or tort, yep. tortilla or whatever. Yeah, yeah but it's like, but it's like if if there's going to be if there's going to be plants that are doing the long game, then it's definitely trees. Well, sure. Because well, your shortest lived trees live a couple of hundred years. <laughs> but I mean, if you know, if we're looking at this from the socio-political way, trees are kind of losing the war a little bit. Yeah. Like, like we're, corn is definitely winning. Mm-hmm. Well, there, as as you said, there are many schools of thought, and so there are many different strategies. Because about about every strategy you can think of, there is a plant that has tried to fill that niche. Right. And so the thing is that you can be something like grass, which grows very quickly. And spreads very fast and pro- and propagates through rhizomes and vegetatively as well as by seed and has lots and lots of babies. But the thing is, if you shade it, it dies. Right. Yeah, it's done. As soon as something bigger comes along, grass is gone. Gone. Right. It's done. Yeah. And so a lot of them are fire adapted because the thing is that if fire it, wipes out the big things. Yeah. Fire wipes out the big things, but also will just kill the aerial tissue. But you still got the roots, so then it doesn't matter. The so grass keep, is mostly root. It's like neat. Mm, and also they're they're, they're, yeah, they're right very flexible. Wind and rain and all this stuff don't care, right? Trampling yeah. don't care. Because if I get chewed on, pump more pressure, put it back up. If I get chewed on, whatever, don't care. Occasional trampling. Yeah, yeah, occasional trampling. Continuous trampling, it will. Continuous it trampling. It will. But that's because the soil becomes so compacted, it cannot grow. Yes. It just so it actually it doesn't have so much to do with the with the top the part. actual pressure, but just like what you're doing to the ground. Yes, mm-hmm. and so that's one of the reasons that in urban areas, the re- that most of the trees in urban environments have to be replaced so often and don't grow and don't live very long in comparison to other trees is because they're right next to a road. Right. Which the soil under there is so compacted, it might as well be bedrock. Sure. Because it has to be. And that's yeah. the reason. Yeah, in order for the road and to so be there. When, yeah, and so the reason when folks are like, oh, these trees grew into the pipes, right, or whatever, that was the only place to go. It was the only way you yeah. could do it. Because, again, that's plants will look for any free space it can and consume. And this so, is an opening. I will grow. Oh, and it's full of water on top of that. 
Yeah. And it's a sewer pipe. It's full of nitrogen and water. Nit- oh boy, what a Oh boy. <laughs> it's just like all I'm trying back, to do back to the back to our golden corral metaphor. <laughs> golden corral metaphor. We'll find They it. want the after effects of golden corral. They, they don't they want do. the golden. They don't want the actual golden corral. The chicken nuggets? No. Yeah. What the chicken nuggets get turned into? Yes. Yeah. Overall, Shambly Mound. Pretty solid. Sure. Kind of like it. The lightning part is bullshit. The lightning part is completely nonsensical. Completely makes no sense. But they couldn't even wizard did it. No, they couldn't. No, I wouldn't even accept that more. Like, some, or a druid did it. Like, they just went mad and they needed a defender and they called on the the earth to produce plants and they got loose. Fine. No. No, it literally just, some lightning happened and then the plant got up and killed it. And then the plant was like, you know what, let's go eat things. No, and it's metal as fuck. It's metal as fuck, but it's not necessary. They already do that. Yeah. And also it's like, yeah, sure, it's like electrical signaling or whatever is the, okay. Kids don't use electrical signals. No, they use chemical signals. All chemical. It's all chemical. I I, I feel like the origin of that, going back to the actual design, from the design perspective of the people who made the game, I feel like this is a Gary Gygax level of decision because I'm sure he's thinking like, the players have seen what happens to a tree when lightning hits it. So they're going to want to hit it with lightning. I'm going to make this thing super resilient against that lightning. It's going to eat the just lightning. Just to show them. Well, they, they think they've got me beat. They think well, they got me I beat. Said, I thought, but I have bullshit on well, my side. Especially in first edition where it's like, weapons don't do shit yeah. to it. Fire doesn't hurt it. Lightning, it eats cold. It doesn't care. This is this is another one of Gary Gygax's like, I hate my players. Here, go fight this. Well, And, and I'm like, going to stick it in a dungeon because it's underground. See, <laughs> <I can laughs> There's no plants in a castle. There are now. Well, yeah, it's very Gygaxian bullshit. They being, them being resistant to weapons is not all that surprising because, okay, a plant can survive a hell of a lot. As we talked about mulberries, you can chop the thing down at the ground, Fill right? Fill them full of nails. Fill them Light full them of nails. Light they them on back. fire. Grows back. It's if the made. roots are there, a mulberry yep. grows back. Yep. Yes, it does not right. matter. You have, to, you have to give them literally very concentrated toxic poison. Yep. You know? Copper sulfate. Copper sulfate for yep. it to work at all. And so and they, paint and, it into yes. the wound. It's and the like, only way to kill how, it. How many people, even even with the lightning thing, and as I said, trees don't exactly like being struck by lightning. It's not great. Sure. You know, most a lot of them can make it though, or at least a part of them. Yeah, some for, of them can make it to a certain extent. To a oh, certain I mean, extent. There yeah. are like there's there was a farm. But they certainly aren't healed by it. No. no. Quite the opposite. Quite, Quite the, opposite. the opposite. Plasma has a very negating effect on living. <laughs> on most, on most living the tissue. The thing is, is, it's like okay, if that the happens, the best you're gonna get from a tree is it's gonna be like, whoa, that was a lot. That was uh, a lot. Plasma is. the All right, I might be back to 100 percent in about 10 years. Yeah, yeah let's hope second. that doesn't happen like, again. Yeah, when you feel like a... necrotic energy. I honestly think lightning because plasma is as close as it gets to immediate necrotization. Right. Yeah. Right. Because it's like and lightning. That, I didn't like that at all. Yes, it's like that is like that will kill a human dead right away. And yeah. it's like trees, like well, that will maybe kill me dead in ten years. Because right. the thing is, but like you can split, that's true. Yeah. You can split an oak tree in half with lightning, and as long as it isn't just completely obliterated, the halves will continue to live. Exactly. Because the thing plants is can that, live on very thin living tissue. Yeah. yeah. The thing that does the thing that doesn't when it comes to like the lightning, besides like the plasma part and maybe yeah. the fire, sure. is that it's not the lightning that kills them. It's right. the infections that they get afterwards. As a, as a result, yeah. It's the explosion because of the superheating steam, right. and then the infection, infection in the open wound. Right, yes. yeah. Because the thing is, guess what? Bark. It's not the fall that kills you, it's the sudden stop it's at the, the end. It's the sudden stop yes. at the end, yeah. Because guess what? The bark is 
the is the plant skin. Guess yeah. what? The epidermis. And this is a reason. Don't carve into trees, assholes. Don't right. do it. Yeah. Because guess what? That's like, how would you like somebody to come up to you and take a knife and, and stab and write their initials in your skin? I mean, uh, listen, some people are into that. Mm. James, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because guess what? Not. I don't. I don't care who you love. Yes, exactly. I don't care who you love because that's, guess that, what? That's very painful. Thank you. Yes, because guess what? Bacteria and other pathogens and fungus are like woo. An yeah. Opportunity. An yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Guess what? It's, Meat's back on the menu, boys. Meat's back on the menu, boys. Guess yeah, see, what? It's very that rude. was your shambling mountain origin, like yeah. the the tree that finally got pissed off at getting carved into. It's just right. like. Civilization must end. <laughs> All right, enough of this. All right, enough of this. It's my turn. But when we're talking about like mo- moving and right and responding to like like a bird falling, like yeah, on yeah, them, the, the touch thing, the touch thing. The thing is, and blinds there, and, and blinds yeah. there is actually a plant which moves very fast. They call it the sensitive plant, the touch me not, the shame plant, whatever. But it's mimosa pudica. Ooh, mimosas. Yes. Mimosa pudica. Mimosa pudica, and. <laughs> It's in the legume family. It only again. grows during brunch. It only yes. grows during brunch. It's in the legume family again. How does again. this keep happening? Wow, these peanuts are really this, trying to get, trying really this is what trying I'm to worried. get us. Why are they all in the Fabiaceae? Now I will say, okay, this one's not trying to kill you. No, no, it's trying to kill other things. It's not yeah, trying it's to kill just us. Very shy. Real, real quick aside, if we if we go for the family of flowering plants, so all flowering plants are um, angiosperms, and that's the majority of the plants we see. They are the most recently evolved plants on the planet. The first things are non-vascular plants like moss and stuff like that. And then you've got conifers and whatnot, but there are different groups. And so the biggest group, start with like the daisy family, then we have orchids. like grasses, yeah. then we have orchids, then we got like mints and roses and blah, 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 blah. And so the thing is like Fabiaceae is also like- It's up there. Pretty sure it's Asteraceae, then Orchidae, and probably Fabiaceae right after that. Mm-hmm. Okay, the top ten flowering plant families is the grasses, which is Poaceae, um, Asteraceae, which is the daisies, um, Cyperaceae, which are sedges, which is grass adjacent, Right. Roseaceae, roses, Pinks. Pinks, which Carophilaceae. Carophilaceae. Good, because I wasn't going to be able to say that. So that so that's any of your, like, phloxes and, like, some stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then Fabiaceae. So that's six is the it's pea family. Right. So the thing is, yeah, I was thinking... Speedwells, cabbages, orchids, and umbellifers after that. Right. And so the thing is, like, I... It's it's funny because I always think of Fabiaceae as, like, three. Because it's, like, a lot of people forget about, like, the grasses. But it, but they're still technically flowering plants. So, like, we'll, yeah. right. we'll put them in there. But it's, like, these are, like, the different top ten. But it's, like, they're up there. There are a lot of things in that family. Right. Right. Mimosa pudica moves very fast. Moves so, very yeah, fast. Most plants move, but it's not something, unless you spend a very long time. Right. Or, or, doing, or you're doing like a stop motion, or not stop motion, uh, high, uh, speed high speed camera. High speed camera, or like a time lapse experiment, something like that. But mimosa pudica, like, you literally touch it, and within seconds, it will fold up all of its leaves flat. So, so they're like usually we, you know, flared out, sort of like a fern. Yeah, sure. Sort of triangular. Right. But as you touch that, like, they have just these little rounded sort of oval leaves. You touch them and they fold everything up and okay. touch them together. Oh, so, I've seen these before. Yep. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's within seconds. Like, it's a very rapid right. motion when it comes now, to plants. Now, it takes them a little bit of while to... Back, it's not like, unfurl un- again. Unfurl again. Yeah, like, they'll ride away. And so that's that touch response and it's all calcium signaling. And it's all pressure. Yeah. The yep. way they do it, they're just, they're increasing, it's, as, as I recall, they have increased pressure holds them open. They basically just suck the water out and it goes, 
and yeah. that's and that's exactly how Venus flytraps work. Right. Yeah. It's the same mechanism. It's yeah. the same mechanism. But instead of a touch of any kind for Mimosa pudica, the Venus flytraps it's specifically like the little tiny hairs on the inside of the the lobes. Yes. So there are as two. As long as you touch at least, I think it's either no, two or three, depending on the no, species. No. So there's tri- there's two or three. There are trigger hairs on the inside. Yeah. And the thing is, is if one gets touched there is a pause, and if the second one gets touched within so many seconds, then it closes, it closes right. right? And basically what happens is the water will be s- sucked out. And so it needs confirmation. It needs it confirmation. So the thing is, is that's actually it's evidence. Timing. That's an uh, That's actually evidence of it. how plants have short-term memory. It's a, it's a temporal memory, because if, if, if it, it touches one and then four it's seconds later too, touches the other one, it's too long, it knows it's too small and it's not worth the effort to, to close. close. Because right. it could get out. Now, if it touches at the same time, it's too big and it won't fit in the Actually, trap. So it has to be that specific it has interval a specific of time. size that yeah. it knows that, it, like, if I eat it, I'll gain enough. It can't get away, and it also won't break my eating structure. But we right. we also have no idea how that information is stored. None. It has to be stored somehow. It has to be stored somehow, but where, we do not. Where is a plant's ram? Yes, the ram. thing is well, because Well, and that's where, like, it's... having a central mechanism is sort of non-plant-like. No, that sure. is non-plant-like. Yeah. Because, you know, you have intelligence intelligences like that, that the octopus. Br- that brain core, quote-unquote. Yeah. The thing is, you like, when they say it's like... You have an octopus each limb has oh, an independent nerve center. Yeah, it's right. like... That's decentralized. Plants are truly decentralized. Right, it's like everything is everything. Everything yes. is consensus. Yeah. yeah. Everything is consensus, and what cell becomes what and what job it has has to do with where you are in space inside the plant and also where you are relative to your neighbors. And they all get different signals from each other. And so the term stem cell, this is for all you animal folks where it's like you talk about oh, stem em- cell research. Em- yeah, stem cell research. Embryonic stem cells, right? Yeah. Where it's like you have an embryo and it can become all these different tissues. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, we all have what are called pluripotent stem cells, which is the this is a stem cell that become all the components of the blood, all the components of the so bone. So you have omnipotent, which could be anything. Yes. Pluripotent is a partial. It's partial. a portion of potency. Right. And so they yeah. are they are differentiated into a type. The, the, the demigod of cells. Yes. The thing exactly. is that depending on the plant, when it comes to regeneration. And this is what I do at my job in tissue culture all the time, is if you give a plant cell the correct signals, which are hormones, because it's chemical, right? Right. Because it's all chemical signaling. If you give them the correct signals and the correct amount, you can take any type of plant tissue, de-differentiate it, Mm -hmm. and then re-differentiate it into something new. Sure. That's the reason that it's like, oh, that arm's infected. Well, chop it off, grow a new one. Grow new chop one. it up, I don't grow a new one, I don't care. And so the thing is, is the term stem cell came from plant stem. And because, because plant they stem were, can become anything. Because right. plant stem can become anything. It has to do with the apical meristem and phobin and blah, 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 blah. Point is, animal researchers like to take credit for things that they shouldn't take credit for. <laughs> um, number one. Stem cells were not yours. Stem cells were not yours. Stem cells came from the... When they discovered, oh, these groups of cells in a, plant, in a plant can become anything. And then when they found them in animals, they're like, oh, okay. Then we named it after that because it's a, I didn't understand how that worked. Because you can still so, take a cutting and ma- make a whole new plant. So let's say this. The lightning, instead of a hormone, shambling mounds are triggering stem cell response from electricity. Okay. I mean, like that's the healing factor. Yes. Right. Like this is this is the Wolverine moment for the shambling mound. Is right. like, plant Wolverine. There's your band name. Yeah. <laughs> there we got it. <laughs> plant Wolverine. Plant Wolverine. 
like being struck by lightning. Very college band. Oh yeah, band. very college radio. We're right. playing Wolverine. Yeah. We are Sex Bomb. Like yeah. one one of them's just doing this until they finish until they finish and go to law school and then it's done. Yeah, but, exactly. But they'll revive it in their fifties when right. they're you know college reunion comes around. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They can't all be good band names. No, they should be can't. A band names. No, yeah, no, the criteria's still been followed. But, like, that lightning is somehow triggering that growth response. I, I can kind I of It's get a stretch. It's, it's a, a stretch, stretch, but it's, I guess it's there. Yep. So, so how, I, I've, I've thought, I've, I've further developed how I would use this in, in, in a game. Again, leaning into that whole slow, persistent predator, uh, predator type of thing. The, the party meets this thing first, like maybe when they're level three. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my God, get away. Oh my God, get away. Oh my God, get away. It's tough. It's eating spells. It's not. We have to run away. Yeah. So they run away and okay, we're good. Then they're level five, maybe six, seven games later. Oh crap, the damn thing has been chasing us. It's back. Or it's the, for whatever reason, like their loca- their location requires them to travel frequently through the same swamp. Or, I mean, but I think it's funnier if it's like they even went to a whole different other it's area. Just been and it's just been following them. And so, oh God, we got it. Well, maybe now they're good enough that they can actually, quote unquote, kill it. But they just do the bit where it just feigns death. And comes back. And then comes back. And then, fast forward, now they're level eight. So this is, what I'm getting at is, this could just be a recurring villain <laughs> that just happens throughout the whole campaign until eventually later, like, level 17, like, Jesus Christ, this is goddamn <laughs> fucking shambling around <laughs> again. Now it has, the thing is, it but has, that's the thing, is like, it's kind of like, <laughs> uh, whatever, uh, I forget, I forget the name, uh, Superman's like, the, uh, the one that killed him. Oh, God. That's, yeah, there's your deep knowledge. That's, yeah, I'm even lost on that one. But uh, anyways... Uh, Doomsday. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doomsday, where like it keeps coming back and it's more hardy and resilient yeah, than last time. Every time. It gets stronger every time. And they're like, where is we gonna kill this stupid thing? It's it's the goat it's the Vegeta to their Goku. It's the Vegeta to their Goku. And then eventually every like, time I don't that's die, the I get big, stronger. That's the big finale boss is this for them. Found? Is but this found that has just hasn't stopped Stop. chasing them. And it has left an indiscriminate trail of destruction, destruction behind right. it. Because it just is consuming. Oh, because if you want to... Officials come to them and like, have you? can you do something about this thing? Because it keeps chasing you and just leaving dis- destruction in its way. But Several towns like, have been bifurcated. Now, yeah. but now what you want to do is now, if you want to keep doing that, is it's just It's going the, through the windows in houses, houses and right. just like yeah. crawling like, through let's, them. Let's make, it, let's make it like Wisteria. Let's make it like Kudzu. Let's make, it just ask, keeps getting bigger. Just yeah. make it larger. Like, right. yeah. like it's already large anyway. By the end, it's Tarrasque like, the Shambling Mound. mound right? It's like, it's oh no, that's, versus no, you, know what, you know what, that's, that, speaking of Vegeta, that's what you do at the end is, the big boss is the quote unquote Tarrasque, but then the Shambling Mound shows up like, nobody gets to kill them but me, just, that just swallows the Tarrasque Swallows the Tarrasque. It, just it said, helps it's them like, because it must kill them. It's yes. like over time, it's, it's just revenge. like it's like it's like damn it, this thing still keeps still keeps following us, and it's like as you said, they're level seventeen. It's eaten the whole town. It's eaten the whole town but by this point. You set it up even earlier than level three. 
Yeah, yeah. No, it's like the first thing they face. You, you butterfly effect it. Yeah. They trample like a flower. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. They trample the flower. And like the flower's best was... friend gets struck by lightning and comes to life to seek revenge. Revenge. That's, oh my god, no. that's an entire campaign right there. And it's one monster. It's just this <laughs> like, one monster. See, that's something normally we're like, well, what if you put it in this environment? That, no, it needs to be a swamp creature by nature of what it is. Right. But it doesn't mean it doesn't come out the swamp swinging. Like, again, it is the Shrek. Yeah. You've just pissed it off by trampling its swamp, and it comes all the way to the castle, and you know, fuck you, <laughs> and the cow you rode in on. Right. I must kill. And, and, and things escalated from there. Yes, things escalated from there. <laughs> it just wants to go home to its swamp, but it has to kill the Hilarity ensued. <laughs> okay, yeah, the, this... But the thing is, like, it's not about intelligence. Like, it is there, not. No. There's, it just knows that they must die. Like, I, I just know I don't so, like you. So, so it is this a party reminds, seeking so plant missile. So this reminds missile. me of um, also a good hitchhiker. Name. No, no, there you go. Party seeking plant missile. Party seeking plant missile. This reminds me of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where it's like one of the books. Somebody got reincarnated. It was some reality thing, and one was a potted plant, the other one was a whale. Oh yeah, yeah right? no, that's that's the that's the the. Because the whale falls to falls to the ground. Yeah. It's, it was it was a whale and a uh, whale and a bowl of petunias. Yes. Yes. And, and then the bowl of petunias uh, just thought, oh no, not again. Yes, mm-hmm. and oh no, not Which again. Says, again. Yes, and the thing yeah. is, the question. but then yeah. books later, there was like a, there was yeah. like there was like a soul who was just like, I get killed by you every single yep. time, and was just so. Was the, now I'm picturing shambling it's, mounds. It's the engine in the in the ship. Yeah. Uh, the improbability. Prob- improbability drive. That's yeah, what the it was. improbability drive. But it's like it's the it comes back to like kill like kill this book and it's like he's in this terrible form. And he's like, oh no, I grabbed him too early because it's like each of these other times where he killed me, the one time when he was a, like a basket of petunias. Yeah. So I'm now just thinking the shambling mound like ah. Right. <laughs> or, oh yeah, that's yeah, that's what it was. For the love of God, Watsy, spell jammer. The shambling mound race as Spelljammer pilots. Oh, like, yeah. They eventually oh, no, yeah. gain well, sentience. Yeah, yeah, you go into Babylon 5 in the living ships scenario at that point. Or Farscape with Moya. Or far, Yeah, or Farscape. But here's yeah. the thing. The shambling mounds are the Vogans. Yeah, exactly. That's why their poetry is so terrible. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, they've somehow invented space travel, but they're still coming to grips with language. Yeah, yeah. Like, shambling mounds were the predecessor to the Vogans. Yeah. They've come to destroy your planet, indiscriminately eating, yeah. they're building a highway, you just happen to you be there. You just happen to be in the way. You just happen to be there. Where are we? Well, we're safe. Oh, that's good. We're, we're in the inner, uh, the, the inner regions of a Vogon space cruiser. Obviously, you have discovered a definition of the word safe that I was previously unaware of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Don't Whatever worry you do, about don't it. let them recite poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's the new form of attack. It's just brain-melting poetry. Yeah, it's all psychic damage, really. Right. Oh, wow. That That is the boring in. It, like, we used to bore in with roots. We found a more genteel <laughs> method. Yes, we, we found iambic pentameter much more effective. We've advanced. It's very much it's common true. verse. It is the who lives in a pineapple under the sea on repeat. On repeat. But yeah. the thing is that if we want to do, as I said, like, the root tendrils bore in. And yep. the thing is, because they do chemical signals, if... For example, a shambling mound wanted to talk oh. to you, and they bored your roots into your brain. Right, like this is how we have to talk to you. This so. is how we oh, have I to just talk made to it you. Oh, what'd you do? <laughs> yeah. Because now it's like an illithid where it's like, and not psychic damage, but it requires touch, which yeah, is yeah, fine because yeah. we've already talked about plants have to 
interact with the world either via chemical signals or touching. So it's like, okay, I'm sorry I have to bore into your skull so that we can have right. a conversation. Right, this is, this is how we have to but happen. But this is just how we have to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's what makes it worse. Right. But because they call it a like root stem in 5e, but it previously has been called a brain. Right. What if a very confused illithid yeah. attempted seromorphosis on a shambling mound? On the shambling mound. Oh, no. That's an interesting... A oh, so psionically tentacle monstered horror of plant mass. So, right, so it's a mass of tentacles? It, yeah, it, the far, imagine the far realm shambling mound. Right, yeah, basically. Like, here's this psionically imbued tentacle mod malevolent force but has been given physical immortality as a plant being. And I'll, and I'll add something else to it, and I'm, I'm pulling this directly from the game Control, mm-hmm. uh, because there is, there's a couple of different uh, uh, monsters in that, but one of them is actually a fungus, so, okay. right. But one of the things that's like an ongoing thing in the game was the fungus smelled rather nice, kind of like, uh, like cinnamon rolls. And the people kept saying like, wow, like, I, I kind of want to eat it. And it's like, you could add that to the mix where, like, instead of smelling like rotted flesh, it's like, it smells oh, that, good. that smells really good, well, actually. Because is, it's, it's, it's like, the carrion flowers, right? Like, they right. smell like rotting flowers. bodies, and it attracts flies. Because right? that's what the flies want to get. Because, and because that's the, the plant how they wants pollinate. them to pollinate. But why not a shambling mound that smells like cake? That smells like cake. Like, mm. So because the humans are drawn in, because and then it eats you. Because basically they're saying, like, shambling mounds, like swamp, where it's like, this just smells like rotting plant debris. Because that's what's in it. Because that's what's in it. Especially if you're, like, an ambush predator in this right. case. It's right. just like, okay, I already told you about plants like tricking animals. Sure. And they do it in a variety of ways. Wait, humans are animals. Humans <laughs> are animals. You had an abandoned warehouse. And when the business was shutting down... Why does that plant smell like Big Macs? Yes. <laughs> that's just it. You're in Waterdeep. There's an old warehouse. It had a business. They shut down. They threw a bunch of crap in the dumpster. Yeah. A plant seed fell into it. Why does that plant smell like OK Corral or, or Golden Corral? Corral. It gets struck by lightning and comes to life because it wants organic matter. Yeah. Why can't that organic matter be Big Macs or, you know, fish fillets or or the guts of a, of a canning factory? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's just fish guts. Yeah. Like, nasty. And so now it is a dumpster creature come to life and yep. it's shambling around. So writhing it. roots and fish meat. Yep, you could and that's and that's how we got fish sauce, folks. And that's how we got fish sauce. That's fermented where it fish is. Meat. It's, it's fermented but, shambling. But mounds. yeah, it's like depending on miso has come for revenge. Miso has because come for revenge. it's like because plants make a variety of aromatic compounds, which is aromatic is you can smell it. There's a bunch that we can't perceive, obviously, yeah, because obviously, our, yeah. because plenty of nose things, is inefficient. Nose is inefficient in like a human way. Or yeah. it's the, there's ones that they make for bees, and there's ones they make for other. Insects and stuff like yeah, that. It's it's a very human thing. It's like it's not it's not that we're inefficient and can't smell everything. It's like we only smell the things we want to smell. Right. Well, Why it's not also... a shambling mound that has grown flowers and has attracted bees. Yes. So now you have swarms of bees to deal with while fighting the shambling mound. But All that's right. that's the thing is like the di- different <laughs> plants depending on what they've they they have specialized. As I said, they basically specialized for anything. Where it's like the reason that it's like a corpse flower is just like why does it smell like a rotting corpse? It's like well, guess what. Flies like that smell. Yeah, and exactly. the thing is, that will work. Here's the thing: like that is that, the way that I would soup up a shambling yeah, mound that's, in yeah. the game. That's how they is like give it something else that's yep. coming with it. There's yep. there's swarm. Yeah, there's oh, yeah. yeah. It's swarms easy. in there. But the thing swarms is, like of flies, swarms yeah. of bees. It's swarms like of... they there are some which are carnivorous 
and they smell awful right. to bring in prey. Right. And then there are some which is like they are parasitic and smell awful to bring in pollinators. I had done a stream a little while back on the drinking thing for my other thing where we talk about plants all the time, which is one of the reasons that we haven't done a plant episode on here before. Right, sure. Um, is you're getting all the content today. It's not just bees and birds and stuff like that. The, moths it's flies moths and, and flies and bats and butterflies and you beetles. know and gnats and beetles. Grave soil shambling mound, you know, give it a, oh, a decay kind of yeah. thing. And so you it's know, full of earthworms. You've got and, so and you got so many flavors that you could do. Just it's like so basket, many flavors of horror. Baskin yeah. Robbins. <laughs> Baskin Robbins. Yeah, thirty-one flavors of horror. Thirty-one flavors of horror. Like basically anything. I don't you even would, know if it's thirty-one. Thirty something. Yeah, but the thing is that you can take, you I'm like you can basically pick any kind of plant, your favorite kind of plant, and figure out like make a shambling mound smell like roses. Not your favorite plant, obviously. Now that, that could be a wizard did it. That could be a that wizard. That could definitely be a wizard did it. Yeah. Because if all it takes is lightning hitting a plant and a plant being angry enough to get up and walk around, you just yell at a rose for a couple years I, I, and then strike it with lightning bolt. I, I will say that the reoccurring shambling, shambling mound that eventually eats the Tarrasque and that's the entire campaign is one of my favorite ideas that we've that ever would come be... up with. That would be the best long form gag ever. <laughs> it's just so good. It's like, could you, like, could you imagine if I did that to Pasta? How incredibly <laughs> angry would he be? Yeah. How just immensely angry he would be if I did that to him. Mm-hmm. That, that's like, there's certain gags and jokes that in our own campaign that I do just for me. Just for yourself. That yeah. I also know. Oh, that know, would definitely be my gag. Uh, yeah. That I also know are going to come back, that, that have come back and have come back around and will come back again. That will make people quite angry. And some of it has to do with crap like <laughs> this sort of, <laughs> this sort of crap. Exactly. But it, there's a lot of, and basically what my point was, it's like, Find your favorite plant or whatever, and it's like, if you want to figure out a way to make it an ambush predator, it's a persistent predator or whatever, it's like, as you said, I kind of want to eat it. It yeah. smells like cinnamon rolls. Make yeah. it smell like cake. If it's roses, there's no reason you couldn't give a shambling mound thorn whip. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Like, right. Now, now it's dealing piercing damage. Thor- thorn whip, going through all the spells. Thorn whip, spike growth. Yeah, plant right. growth. Plant, yeah, entangle. Entangle. All of those things. Man, it's already oh, got it's already gotten golf. If you want to soup it up a little bit more, let it swallow more than one person. Then off you go. Like the fourth fourth edition. Yeah. Like the fourth edition one, where it's like you got more. Two engulfs. Two engulfs. And as I said, it's like they don't have a centralized. Double the engulf, double the fun. Oh boy. They don't have a centralized like a centralized digestive system. You know. Shambling mound. Because, (laughs) or you're like a pitcher plant, and it's like I have a specialized leaf. With a specialized pouch full of juice, and I just put every whatever I ate in there for a while, and I forget about it. Throw some acid damage in there. Yeah, yeah. throw some acid damage in there. Why the heck not? Because the thing if is, your like, party's high level; they resist a lot of other types of damage. Give them acid damage. You know sure. why not? Yeah, because the thing is, is most of the time in pitcher plants and those items. sorts of things, it's not. It's not. I don't actually, know about eating the magic items. It's not <laughs> actually. How evil do you want to be? There's a thin line between annoying and really, really, really angering. <laughs> really mean. Usually it's not that acidic, pretty neutral, maybe slightly acidic. It's just it has all these digestive enzymes in it, digestive proteins yeah. in there that yeah. eventually breaks it down. There's not enzyme damage in 5th edition. There's not enzyme damage in 5th edition. No, there isn't. Flavored accordingly. Poison. Yeah, right. Maybe poison. Actually, yeah, poison. Flavored accordingly, you know, marinara damage. 
Not Fredo damage. Oh no, gosh dang it. Shambling spaghetti mound. No, please no. That's terrible. I'm, you know what? I'm not saying no. <laughs> That's the kind of mound I can get behind. Yeah. That's the kind of mound I would let eat me. You know, it is a noble death. It is a noble death. But my food. He's I have going out the way he lived, covered in pasta. pasta. Covered in pasta. <laughs> I think that might be. I think that might be the title to, of the episode. That's if we're going out the way he lived, covered in covered in pasta. I mean, that's, oh, that's wow. just a great way to end. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I don't know what more you can do at that point. Like, yeah. How much further can you take the shambling mound? We have hit the apex. This is the apex. We've gone all the way to Italy. <laughs> the Italy is the apex. Sure. Oh wow. Oh no. Oh no. That's the reason you can't give them languages, because they'd have to talk with their hands. No, but it could just <laughs> it could just be singing that's amore the whole time. Right. It can't speak. This one can. <laughs> it's, listen, listen, your friend, forget about him. Yeah. No, it can't no, you know what it is? It can't speak. That's just like it's <laughs> it's like it's singing that's amore, but people are like, no, that's just the noodles rubbing together. It's just making that noise. No, he just, just wooed five minutes ago. He just wooed five minutes ago. The gas is kicking his fat. No, it's that it's it's singing that more on loop. It's just because it accidentally ate a small boombox. Yeah, that's it's just, just playing stuck it stuck on loop. Yeah. That's just the bard. It's devouring Lord yesterday. Yesterday. Someone someone bought Dean Martin's greatest hits and it won't shut up about it. Yeah, it's just well, and that could be creepy too. Oh yeah, and it's so like a magic item or something like a music box or something, yeah. and then it's like okay. Instead of you smelling it coming, you right? always hear that little music box tinkle. You just hear this tinkle. music little box, like have it be something creepy. Oh, sure. Kill Bill whistle. The cute, yeah, it's like it's like it's just like this, just weird. It's like oh, you like hear music? It's like oh, suck. Yeah, yeah. The, the horrifically slowed down Helter Skelter ice cream van. No, oh, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. But the ice cream van is coming to eat you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you're not getting ice cream. You're getting it's, death. It's the reverse <laughs> ice cream van. It's ver- it's a, yeah, so you're getting death. Oh, so not ice cream. It's yeah. all- it's a death cone. But it's yeah, a death cone. but you just imagine that because as you said, like if you wanted to have miniseries, you could even have it shorter than that, where it's like, oh, we've stopped to camp, right? Okay, we finally did, and then it's like you could just like the like, it's just like crap. Oh, crap. Here we go again. Here we go again. Garbage <laughs> day. <laughs> Ice cream man. <laughs> oh God, the shambling mountain mount for your. Like, you, you create your big bed, and they just build a platform onto a shambling mound. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Just move around, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that that's actually, your Oh, that's no, your actually, you know, no, uh, well, that's what I was going to say. That would be the variation on, like, Baba Yaga's hut. Instead of the two chicken feet. It's a shambling mound. A shambling mound. Yep. Yeah. It's a hut on a shambling mound. And it just moves around. It's fine. You yep. know, who cares? You wouldn't have any problems with difficult terrain or anything. It could swim. No. It is, it is di- difficult it terrain. It is terrain. Exactly. It just eats the terrain and keeps it going. It is it organic? Then it's not difficult terrain. Is it, right. is it, is it Katamari? It could be. It absolutely could be. Yeah. It's it just it like, is just an organic Katamari. Yes. Essentially. Yeah. Yep. Just have it keep it. As you said. Because again, like it says, it says it, it's like absorbing it's just, material yeah. and so matter. So it makes so it makes sense that it gets bigger all over time, yeah. right? So then it's like, are you guys going to do anything about this as it just swallows the whole city? Yeah. You just see, it's like it's moving and you just I'm see back. like... Here we go. Yeah, baby, right. And there's just like, there's just like a cottage, right? That's like sticking out of it sideways. Yeah. There's a windmill. There's a poor cow. 
<laughs> the Statue of Liberty is hanging Statue out. Statue of Liberty is hanging out, right? It's just... <laughs> and it's like, only 20 feet per round, but I'm coming. But I'm coming. No, I'm coming. <laughs> I, I think that about covers it. I don't, th- I don't think we can add anything more to that. Oh, good gravy. Well, thanks, thanks, Action, for joining us. It's been a pleasure as always. We'll get mm-hmm. a little bit of magic done here. And... Angry trees. Angry trees. The, the, the beginnings of angry trees. We've got more. Yeah. Got do you more. want to plug anything? Or do you want people to find you? Or if you I, don't I want pl- to, that's I wanna, fine. I want to plug spaghetti, because it's great. All right, cool. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or you have any suggestions of topics that we should cover in the future, please tweet those at us at, at nat20pod or email them to us at natural20podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you would like any of your adventures in your own D&D games about different creatures that you had fun with, please submit those stories to us, and we will feature them at the beginning of our next podcast in our creature feature. We would like to thank Embers Tide for our intro and outro music. We would like to thank Burnham with three M's for our beautiful profile and banner artwork. We would also like to thank Shadow Dunn for listening to all of the rough drafts of our podcast. He listens to our mistakes so you don't have to. And, as always, keep rolling a natural 20.